Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartzite Sound Out Podcast once again. I'm Josh Evanoff. He's the one and only Angel Ortega. Lots to talk about this week, to put it lightly. UC 267, UC 268 belt or 270. And then also, Canelo Alvarez taking on Caleb Plant in a big fight as well on Saturday. As always, this episode is brought to you by Brogue Energy. Use code SOUNDOFF to get 10% off of all your energy needs. Last Saturday morning from Abu Dhabi. The Etihad Arena, the main event, Glover Teixeira, Angel, we called it. I don't want to. I want to be that guy, you know. But we are those guys, though. We we are those guys, you know. Uh, we are, we that are guy, about pal. that. We are Angel. You're that guy, pal. All right. Uh, Glover, obviously a massive underdog, and we are actually some of the few people that actually picked him. He was a three to one dog going in. In the end, dominates the fight. It was not even close. Um, ends up winning via second round of rear naked choke at three minutes and two seconds. Angel, the old man did it. Well, I mean, just give me give me your quick thoughts, not only on Glover's win because obviously that's such a that's such a huge story, but also just his rise and just the incredible story surrounding him. You know, we mentioned it a little bit before when you when we originally did the show and the preview for that about you know him having visa issues, you know, wanting to compete in UFC for a while, and you know him becoming an American citizen, you know, obviously wanting to live the American dream and. Finally, you know, it seemed like everything fell into place. He's on the right winning streak. He's, he's on he's on the tail end of his career. He only gets this one last chance and opportunity. I mean, it was a great fucking story, man. I mean, it's a fucking movie. Let's be honest. You can make that into a fucking movie. I mean, if that shit's not inspiring, I don't know what is. Uh, only Michael Chandler's, uh, you know, bitch that he's been giving on uh, Embedded. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, to be, get back to Glover, I mean, it, what a fucking... Awesome, man. It was fucking awesome. I mean, I I, I love the storyline going into it. I was very confident in that. But we mentioned it privately because we actually watched this card together. First card we watched, you know, just you and me in a while, in, in years now. And, uh, we you know, we thought about it afterwards. Like, shit, we hasn't really faced a guy who, like, wrestles, you know? Like, you know, the last guy was Corey Anderson, right? Way back when, right? And then he fought yeah. Corey Anderson and he fucking put his lights out so quick, Corey didn't even get a chance to, you know, take him down. And, you know, we've seen how Corey's been doing in, in Bellator and, you know, fucking guys up over there. And, you know, really just showing off his skill set and kind of showing why he was a top guy before he left. And, you know, why, why you know, you know, there's good guys in, in all over the world and in different places. And uh, it was evident, man. It was evident that, that, that the takedown and, and getting on the ground was going to be a big deal against uh, Glover. And initially, I mean, the first round, I'm like, OK, this is good. This is good, Josh. I mean, we said it. That's solid. And the second round comes and Jan stuffs, some, stuffs the first takedown. And we're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. this isn't good you know there's there's a couple exchanges it looks like Lober's getting touched a little bit Lober touches Jan which was that that was I think that's what won in the fight honestly Josh the fact that he was able to land a big shot get him a little hurt get him a little you know on on a kind of like a you know get him thinking right being like oh shit like I, I'm hurt right now like this this is not normal you know this is this isn't this shouldn't be happening you know I think he was kind of shocked at the fact that it happened ends up getting it back on the ground and and I said it, Josh, if he gets that back, I mean, it's a done deal. And, you know, it was a done deal. It was, it was fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, I mean, honestly, dude, you mentioned how, obviously, him landing the big shot is ultimately what did it. I think it's a combination of that. And also, that first round, dude, people really 
I mean, I pointed it out to you. His and it's something that, like if you haven't done jujitsu, like or if you don't know that much about jujitsu, it does not look painful. Um, but dude, the can opener in round one. Once he got that takedown, he got it 30 seconds in, right? I believe it was like four. They credit him with like four minutes and 29 seconds of control time in that first round. The majority of that, he was not landing shots. He was in the full guard. He wouldn't even try to pass. He was just doing that fucking can over to bringing his neck closer and just fucking wearing on him, making him carry the weight. And then round two, you could tell. I wasn't sure if like he got hurt from that or just got irritated. But you can tell his guard was a lot more, a lot lower. Like he was trying to, you know, you know, make his base lower, try and prevent the shot. And that's what led him to getting caught. And then as soon as he got that choke, and it, it honestly looked like more of a neck crank to me. He didn't really look and got fully under the chin before Jan tapped. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, it was just a tremendous performance. It wasn't even close. And that's the thing that's surprising to me. I thought if he, Glover's going to pull this out, he's going to have to walk through fire to get there. In the end, round one domination, round two gets to finish. It's about as good as you can draw it up. Uh, but moving forward, dude, Glover, obviously 42 years old, oldest first-time champion in UFC history. I was wrong last week. I said it was Randy Couture. Overall, Randy Couture is the oldest champion, but Glover is the oldest first-time champion in UFC history. Turned 42, obviously, last week. Um, so, dude, let me go ahead and just ask this question. Your uh, Prohoshka was in the crowd on Saturday night. They seemingly announced just right then and there that he is going to be getting the next crack. There was kind of some talk going in. Will it be Rochich? Will it be... You know, Yuri, will they have those two fight? In the end, it's going to be Yuri Prohoshka next. Go ahead and give me your, just your quick thoughts about Glover facing off against the young lion Yuri next. I mean, it's a dangerous fight, man. I mean, you know, I that was one of the guys that when I first saw him, I'm like, that kid is special, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were and before the show, we were, I was even mentioning how special he is and how I think his rise has been fucking amazing, how he deserves more attention and how funny he is to watch. And he's a fun personality, obviously, and... uh you know, I, I think as far as matchmaking, that's that's a tough fight. I think it's a tough fight for each guy. You know, they'll, they'll both get pushed in their own ways. And, uh, you know, something that I want to bring up that I brought up that, that night, you know, I was talking to you or that day. I was talking to you about, I was like, you know, where does Glover rank at all time? I mean, I know he doesn't have, you know, we, you mentioned me. He doesn't have those big, you know, big names, all those wins. You know, he's missed out on those big time wins. But now, I mean, he's UFC champ, all this first time champ. I mean, Josh, how how from just that night. How much did he go up, you know, the all-time list on, you know, like heavyweights? I mean, there's been a lot of great light heavyweights we talked about it. And kind of how I did, I, I forgot some of those names and kind of how great those guys were. Mm-hmm. And now that it's kind of settled down, has has he moved up a little bit on that list? I mean, may, maybe he's not top five, maybe he's not top ten. But, uh, you know, where do you see him now in all time? You know, it's a little bit weird, right? Because through no fault of his own, I, obviously he moved up for sure. I mean, getting that belt – beating Jan and whenever Jan was just on this crazy run and then the way that he did it too I mean it wasn't even close that was obviously it's going to be huge in his all-time legacy thing um you know honestly he didn't move up that much uh in terms of like I mean he moved up throughout the rings but I'm he's not top 10 still to me um not top five just and that's through no fault of his own that's just because how good 205 used to be um Obviously, I mean, ever since John Jones really cleaned out the division in 2014, 2015, the division's been fun, but it has not been top heavy. Uh, I mean, shit, dude, Glover's champion now, but Glover five years ago was was couldn't even get past the top five, and that's again, that's through no fault of Glover's. The division was just so good, and now he's champion. It's going to do great in his legacy, but it's also important to note how the division is now versus how it used to be. I know that you kind of disagree though. So, how would you place him at the top, like? You know, top 10, top 15? 
I don't know, man. I, I like I said, I need to look into it. Like that night, you really opened my perspective on it because I really thought about it. You know, like I like I said, prior to coming to UFC, he was on that what, 20 fight win streak. He had already been very well established. And I mentioned to you, I was like, man, I think the true tragedy is that he didn't get to come sooner because I think if he came sooner, maybe things would have been a little different, you know, as far as career. You know, I think maybe he would have had some signature wins. Maybe he would have became champ. Maybe he wouldn't have had to fight John Jones at that point in time. Maybe he could have fought John Jones earlier on in his career and uh, uh, in Jones' career, not necessarily his. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe give him a hard fight, make it difficult for him. And I don't know. It, it's It's all things that we'll never know. But, hey, man, at the end of the day... He's UFC champ. He woke up with the belt around his waist. Life is amazing. You know, as far as all time, maybe he won't be high. But I think as far as, like, cool stories and fun things that happen, I mean, he'll definitely always have a special place in, in my heart after, you know, that that Saturday. And, uh, you know, I'll look into it. And I, I, at the end of the day, it's all time. It's all, you know, it's all, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, you know, it's all in perspective of the person, right, and what they mm-hmm. think or what they value. And all-time rankings are just kind of a fun thing. You know, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. It's just what you think versus what I think versus, versus what this person thinks and how we want to critique it and however it is. Uh, obviously, we'll always joke around and be like, no, you know, so-and-so is the goat or no, so-and-so is this. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's its own thing at the end of the day. It has its own limitations for what it is. And they're not things that are set in stone. And I mean, Glover's not done yet, man. For all we know, he's gonna fight Yuri, and he fucking blasts him, and that's another. He beats a young lion, maybe gets another another guy in there, beats him too, and he goes on a little win streak here, and kind of shows us what it would, uh, how great he is. He's gonna show us all how great he can be. Mm-hmm. For sure, and ultimately, for me, I honestly do think that if he beats Yuri, we're having a completely different conversation because right now Yuri Prohoshka looks damn near unbeatable. He looks Obviously, like a fucking seen, assassin. Yeah, we never seen. We haven't seen somebody test his grappling. I think that would be interesting, but. Dude, he looks phenomenal. If Glover racks up a title fence or two, again, depending on who he beats, that can move him up even more. But, yeah, it's all relative at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, it's all just fantasy-type shit. So, yeah. um, And at the yeah, age, dude, too. You know, that's yeah, something we got to think about, the age he's doing it at. I mean, for sure. who else is, uh, would be kind of have that, men, you know, title yeah. defenses at that age? You know what I mean? Like, that'd be pretty impressive in and of its own. For sure. Um, yeah, but we're... You know, gonna go ahead and move on. In the end, just a phenomenal, a phenomenal story. I mean, that's the type of story that like makes you remember why you became an MMA fan. Just seeing Glover capture the belt after all this time. But yeah, moving on a little bit. Um, to the co-main event where Piotr Jan once again capturing the bantamweight title, defeating Corey Sandhagen. Very close fight. We'll go ahead and say that. But even as you know, it was kind of similar to the Aljamain Sterling fight where we're kind of starting to see Jan. This is obviously only his third five-round fight. Um, we've, we've noticed the pattern of he just keeps on working, keeps on working. And then over the course, he's almost like, he's almost like Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? Where like he take, he downloads a round or two of data and then he just goes and whoops your ass for the last couple of rounds. Um, and that's what happened here, dude. I thought, you know, Corey Sanhagen opened up good. Round one was close round. I mean, round one was clear, clearly Corey round two was close. And then after that, Peter Jan just did not look back to First of all, what is your scorecard and what are your thoughts on uh Peter Young picking up the win I mean we had a lot of conversations that day of what the rounds could have been I'm like dude I don't know that round was close that could have been Corey's but I mean in the end it ended up being what a a four to one you know that was the kind of consensus thing or was it a three to two I mean I, uh, I mean four to one on all cards but I will say a lot of fans and media did have a three two I mean it could have been three two I forgot what round in there was was it the third round I forget uh, there okay, was a round so in there that switched because he dropped him late, didn't he? It was round three, yeah. So it was round three. That kind of switched the flow of it. 
but at the end of the day, man, it, uh, it you know, as I mean, it was a young, it was a young victory. You know, let's not debate that. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. can talk about scorecards all we want. It's um, it was a clear yawn victory, and like I said in the in the preview, man. I mean, he's gonna start off slow. We'll do good, but man, once he sets that pace, Josh, it's over. You know, it, it it just seemed like he had gone in his groove. And we were talking about that night, how like Corey Stanhagen just had to throw more caution to win. Like he was being, you know, ballsy. He was going for certain things, but it just seemed like it wasn't the full send we needed, you know, out of Corey Sanhagen. Because mm-hmm. we talked about about we talked about the fact that he's lost to the top three guys. You know, T.J. Dillashaw, Aljamain Sterling, now Piotr Jan. His chances at a title shot are very, very bad, honestly. And look, he's been fucking great in all of those. I said the Aljamain, which was a quick submission, right? Obviously really shitty for him. But, uh, you know, as far as, as far as him as a competitor, I mean, he's, he's, he's done a great fucking job. He just looks very rough because how do you give a title shot to a guy who's lost to the top three dudes? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to be very hard for him to rebuild. And, I mean, like I said, I love me some Corey Sanhagen. I hope he's back in the mix somehow. I hope he can find himself in a title shot again because he's a competitive fucking guy. I mean, so, I'll put, I'll put it like this. He's capable of winning against all those guys. I think he, I'm not saying he won those fights. I mean, I have my opinions about the TJ Dillashaw fight at the time. I need mm-hmm. to rewatch it. But he, he is very capable of beating all three of those guys in, in, in under, under you know, he is skilled enough. You know, I think he can win those fights. I think he's capable of winning those fights in some capacity. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that obviously he did take this fight on short notice. And if he doesn't, who knows? Maybe it's a different story. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I think it was just a rough night for him. I, I truly think it'd be interesting. I, it's it's weird because like you mentioned, he does have three losses against the top guys. Um, but really only the Aljo, which is weird to say, because I feel like most people rate. I mean, he's the champ technically, but I think most people rate him the lowest as Aljo. Uh, and that's the only guy that Corey actually lost badly to. He got put out to sleep in like two minutes flat. So uh, the other fights were competitive. Obviously, Peter put a beating on him as the fight went on. But it was still a close fight in the early round. Then he had a couple adjustments here, racking up the rounds early rather than, you know, kind of letting foot off the gas. And honestly, dude, we just got to give quick props to Peter on. I mean, that was just – that was phenomenal. I mean, I, like I mentioned, like Floyd Mayweather-esque. He almost took that – I don't know if he took the first round or two off because he really didn't. Um, but he just, like, you can tell, like, he just starts putting it on you. Like, you tell, like, oh, yeah, I've got this dude figured out. I know what he's doing. And just he's so defensively competent. I'm not sure how you're going to beat this kid. He can um, take a shot, too. He, he can take a kid. shot, but he doesn't get hit clean often. If, That's what if, I'm like, saying. He's almost, yeah. like, shoulder rolling, but you can't really shoulder roll and – MMA, you know, he's that like fucking hot, that high guard, dude. Like, it's so he's so good. And like, it's not that to skid it off. I don't know exactly. what it is. It's phenomenal. And that's why, like, Corey Sandhagen, who, you know, Corey, full pro- his hands are never really been his biggest asset. He's very, very good with a lot of the crazy techniques, the flying knees, spinning back kicks, head kicks, stuff like that. Um, but even whenever he's doing that, he just could not land clean. Like, he just could not get in there. Um, I'm excited to see Piotr against anybody. I think the Aljo fight will be interesting because it's weird. I still think Aljo probably has the best shot at beating him just for the sole fact of beating him again. Angel, let me just go and say that. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. No, jokes aside, I do think Aljo uh, has the best chance at beating him just because Aljo's jujitsu is – I mean, that's the only place we haven't seen Piotr tested because nobody can get the fight to the mat. I mean, that's that's literally it, but – I think if, if Aljo, maybe in a scramble, he can catch him. Because I have more faith in Aljo scrambling, getting in the back and get a rear naked show game than I do in somebody like Corey. Because Corey's, Corey's a good scrambler, 
but he goes balls deep in some of these, and then just can you know he'll you know he'll, he'll mess up. You know what I mean? Well, he'll He's attack a, a like, bunch of different submissions too. You know, he'll go yeah, for those leg locks, knee bars, like a bunch and of. And those are a lot. Stuff. Those are a lot higher. You know, those are a lot more difficult to get than what Aljo typically does in this scramble, which is typically just get you, control you, get the back, get the choke. Um, and that's not to say I like dislike cords grappling, but he's very much a grappling like I can't even explain it. He's like he's like the grappling Patrick Mahomes. He goes he does he just dude, we didn't even shit. talk about it, dude. But there was that one round. What was it round four where they had that scramble? I mean, dude, that was fucking fun. That was very fun. And full credit to Corey, he got the takedown, and he I mean it was a nice change of pace. I would I'd be very interested to see if they do fight again somewhere down the line. If he tries to go back to the wall with that, because I think he only shot one takedown after that, right? And it was like stuffed. I don't remember, but I definitely want to rewatch. Like I'd love to see him mm-hmm. fight again. I could touch myself to that round, dude. I kid you not. That's how good it was. <laughs> it was a phenomenal. It was a phenomenal fight, dude. I mean, I just I, I love Peter. He was fucking was awesome. Really For sure, and honestly, he's turned Peter on has turned my opinion around on him. Like. I always I was a, I was a long time guy like at first when he came to UFC I was like oh damn this, this kid's gonna be champ but then like him kind of being shoehorned by the UFC because you know he's he's Russian uh <laughs> probably why and just getting Whoa, shoehorned gosh. into a title fight kidding. yeah and him just getting a title shot off a favor it never sat well with me but like dude the way he beat up Aldo and that was an awesome fight but even then like similar case here although I thought Aldo actually did a lot more in the in the rounds that he won than Sandhagen did you know what I mean um. But then all I just cannot wait to see him against all Joe again, just because that's going to be such an interesting fight. They have so much bad blood. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I know all said he's targeting January, January, February. So we'll see what happens. Wow, that's yeah, quick. we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on down the card, not a lot to speak about this one. Islam Makachev finally getting his signature win, defeating Dan Hooker. First round submission, not even close. Angel, Never I'm not is. really going to ask your opinions on the performance because it was by for all intents and purposes, it was flawless. Um, but what do you think particularly about – would you rather – I mean, not rather, but uh, do you think he's going to get a title shot next? Or do you think that the winner of Chandler and Gaethje at 268 is going to get it? Look, this is something I'm going to get into. I don't want to get into it now until we start talking about 268. Okay. I think it is a good topic. I just don't want to start it right now because that's a whole rabbit hole once we get to that. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, just go ahead and give me your quick thoughts about like the win. I mean, effortless, man. I mean, there's no fucking surprise, dude. I mean, I think you could have bet your house, your wife, your virginity, everything on this, and you would have been perfectly safe. Like, Fair it, enough. You know, yeah. like, I, it was, I I had no fucking, I was like, I mean, maybe you could do something on the feet, but I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell, like, if someone, if I, if I had to tell a poor family who has, is deciding to bet all their money on this fight, who they bet on, I'm like, bet literally everything you can on Islam Makachev. Mm-hmm. Like that's how confident I would have been. I would have like there was no bone, nothing in my body. Like, look, for what it's worth, Eugene Bearman and City Kickboxing, they're good guys and, and they do a great job and they have so much good talent. But Dan Hooker is the one guy, and I mentioned time like time again, the guy who for me is good but just is missing the it factor. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 gives great fucking fight. You know he does his thing, but I feel like. Compared to Kaikara France, Alexander Polkonoski, Israel Adesanya, there's something that every time I see him, I'm like, what is that it you're missing? I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? And it's not to discredit him as a fighter. He's a fucking great talent, dude. He's been in great fights. He's beat great opponents. You know, he's been at a lower weight class and killed himself to get down there, and he's so fucking tall. I mean, it, it, toughness isn't the issue. I mean, you know, and, and, and the talent is there. It's just there's one one little thing missing, and it's just not clicking fully. I think if he had that... 
whatever that it is, he'd be mm-hmm. he'd be smooth sailing, man. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just to go ahead and bring it back to real quick, like the Islam point. Um, I agreed, like going in, I was like, you know, it's possible he can hit him with the knee coming in, do something on the feet. But like, I got it. I mean, I agree with you. I thought this was the safest pick on the card simply because of the fact that like there were unknowns about Hooker's training situation to this final short notice. And he's just a bad match for him in general. Yeah, um, Hooker's terrible. not exactly known for like his, his takedown defense. So I was like, this is, I mean, I love the balls of Hooker, um, but <laughs> that came out real. You like that one? You like that, that one? That was something, um, man. <laughs> I thought it was good, but yeah, uh, I I do uh, I do think that this is like a rough match of form. So yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised about how effortless it was. Um, but ultimately, as effortless as that was, I was more impressed with a certain fight on the card, which we're just gonna skip right past Volkov Tybora. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about that, that was one. Another just safe to, pick, in my opinion. Like, it was, I was, yeah, it was a rebound. It was a rebound. Easy, easy um, money. Easy money. But let's go and just talk about it, dude. Kazma Chemaev taking on Lee Jang Lang. This is his biggest test. 11th ranked guy just who had just come off a win. A huge one. Huge knockout against Santiago Ponzinibbio right before this. And uh, not even close. Takes him down. Just pure domination. Even talks shit to Dana Wall taking him down. And gets the submission in the first round. Puts Lee Jang Lang to sleep. What are your thoughts, man? Not only about the fight in particular, but how I mean, the heights that he can reach now. After that win. I mean, Josh, we were talking about it before, you know, we started and we had, you know, before we got, I mean, we got pretty deep. I mean, I, I got to the point where I was like, we need, you know, we just need to start. We just need to start a pod. You know, we always do our little pre, kind of our pre-show talk, you know, we don't, we don't want to record it because we talk about a lot of different things throughout the week that, you know, life and shit and, you know, stuff about the, the fights beforehand. But dude, I mean, like I said, dude, I think in a lot, that had been the most effortless victory I've seen against a rent guy in a while like i'm not talking dominant i'm not saying a flash knockout you know quick submission i mean dominant that he just literally picked him up like a teddy bear went to dana threw him down and just fucking took took the back man and, and took advantage and submitted him it was so effortless and look a lot of men a lot of people had talked about how you know a lot of people in the oriental area don't have a lot of great wrestling or you know there's a kind of like a lack of training for it which is crazy because they live near europe so you think a lot of them will maybe travel and like go work out go work in russia or somewhere else that also has great wrestling i'm just saying russia because obviously the obviously the Afghanistan guys have kind of cemented that region as you know a solid wrestling region but there's other places you could go like iran and shit you know where also it's a big you know wrestling country and uh you know that was a big talk that I heard, that I heard that it was like you know there's not a over there the Oriental guys don't really and, and gals you know there's kind of like a lack of kind of wrestling or high level wrestling you know as far as like an MMA and uh, I mean it was clear dude I mean the the leech just fucking I mean it was it was so like I tell you it was so effortless it it didn't seem like he even really had to try I I I, I am so puzzled by it now and, and talking about it earlier and you know I'm, I'm repeating myself because we talked about it earlier but uh. I mean, it doesn't get it doesn't get any better than that. And we were talking, man. This is this is a fucking rise right now, man. And if he keeps riding this wave, this guy's ceiling as far as fame, potential, everything is is. I mean, it's it's in his hand right now, and he's just he just needs to take fucking advantage of it, man. I hope this guy is able to. You know, obviously, we want to see people succeed, and we want to see awesome fights. We want to see awesome competition. I mean, we're talking about. I mean, me and Josh were talking about double champ. You know potential. You know like all this. You know all these matchups and you know what is what is you know his skill set is and what could it like, lead to as far as fights. And I mean, it's exciting shit, man. It really is. I mean, I'm curious to see how he goes does going forward because you know we need to see his limits. You know we need to see him be tested. 
still. Obviously, he hasn't had to be tested yet because he hasn't had anyone give him any sort of difficulty. So you you kind of wonder, man, is is it ever going to happen? <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's 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 fucking crazy right now. I mean, it, it, it the matchups are endless, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens going forward. For sure, and dude, he uh, I mean, not to not to repeat myself, like I just whenever we talked on beforehand, but like, dude, my it seems like the sky's the limit. I mean, there's no other way to put it other than like it is quite literally at its core the most dominant start we've ever seen for a UFC fighter ever, like ever. Even Hoist Gracie, whenever he was wrecking dudes back in UFC one, he was took this more, effortless. He took more punishment against Gerard Gordeaux. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out him, uh, goat. But um, dude, he's, <laughs> He, it's, I mean, it's effortless. Like, there's literally no other way to put it. Whenever he, I, I think he's at 170. Um, and look, I, I see some people they're already starting to move the goalposts. They're like, oh, you know what, Lee, he hasn't fought a guy in the top ten. Lee was not top ten. Or you know, he got out wrestled by that guy or this guy. But I'm like, he's got out wrestled before, but he's still he's still a black belt jujitsu. He's still very very good on the mat. He's not. I mean, he's been he's lost fights on the ground before, but it's not like he's ever been dominated. Cosmo Chimaev made him look like a small child, like it wasn't even close. Um, this guy is truly the limit, and honestly, just based off of seeing him now four fights in, I really think he's going to be one of those guys that like he out wrestles the non wrestlers and then he strikes the grapplers, kind of similar to like GSP used to do. He seems like he has that potential based off of everything I've heard of him in camp, his small amount that you've seen him fight on the feet. He is just fucking phenomenal, dude. Like, truly, the sky is the limit when it comes to this kid. If you guys are not on board of the train, you should get on now. But let's go ahead and cut to the chase, dude. He's beaten an 11th ranked guy. He's beaten another really good guy in Gerald Mearshard. He's, he's four fights in. He's only been hit once. If you look at that top 10, if you look at that top 15, if you look outside the top 15, if you're Dana White, if you're McManus, if you're Sean Shelby, who do you stick in with that absolute monster next? I mean, you know, Josh, I mean, it just depends how hard they want to test them. I mean, there's multiple matchups that I love to see. I mentioned Jeff Neal, Neil Magny to you. And I said the best option, I think, at one point is going to be Gilbert Burns because of the jujitsu, the heavy hands. I feel like it seems like Hosmet's pretty good on the feet, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think Burns will be at a disadvantage there, but he's got heavy hands and it ends up on the ground. Obviously, Burns is extremely dangerous there. Obviously, the wrestling's going to play a factor there. That's what I'm most excited for. But I don't think he's going to fight that. He's not going to get that fight now unless Dana's like, you know something? Why the fuck not? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and ask ask about this one. Um, it, as much as I would love to see that. I know, right? <laughs> there's a fight that came up. And... You know, it's honestly, it's warmed my heart to see it almost immediately shot down by, like, every single, you know, every single fan, every single fighter, every single person they shot this potential fight down. But... Because they got brains, Josh. They have fucking brains. They're actually carrying human beings. (laughs) So, how about Nate Diaz? Angel, go ahead and give me your thoughts on that matchup. I fucking hate that. (laughs) Why why do I want to see Hosma take down Nate Diaz and submit him? I don't know. Apparently, according to Dana, he he knows what he's doing. Everybody I don't know. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I don't care, Josh. I'm just waiting for Nate Diaz to write out his contract and fight Jake Paul and beat him. I respect that. I respect that. 
Um, I'm, just, I'm just ready for that, man. I know. I know the Timmy fight's coming up, so. The Timmy fight. The hey, mean, man, mean I, the Tommy Fumbles fight. The Tommy Fumbles. Hey, man, I need to write out the meme somehow, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, let's be real, Josh. We know, we know Nate's gonna box at least one time. I mean, it's not a secret. We know Nate likes money. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. Maybe not as much as his brother, but I can tell he he likes. He's a he's a gangster. You know, he likes money. You know, he'll fucking he'll do a boxing match. I'm sure he will. With Andre Ward in his corner too. Come on, bro. <laughs> it's gonna I happen. I think he will too. I really think he will. But dude, I just he's gonna box Anderson Silva. No, it's kidding. Oh. It warmed my heart to see everybody shoot this fight down because, like, not only is it because of, like they have hearts and brains, but it was because, like, you see, you know, uh, Jonas Nash, I believe, he's done some really great reporting. He's been like the only guy I've seen that's following the UFC lawsuit about them being a monopoly. Um, he's kind of like they found out oh, like it, explain a, this. Oh, you did not know this? I don't know. I They're heard about a, it a while ago sued in court essentially um to determine whether or not they're an actual monopoly or not and as, as such as, we found out like what do you mean like a mono- like i know what a monopoly means but as far mm-hmm. as like how much like they are a big part of the like they, MMA community, or so in, in terms of they will buy out their competition and then they will go ahead and underpay their fires and because there's no other competition it leads to fires being underpaid and so they're not really paid good wages as a result and that's essentially why they're in court and their their scummy contracts they don't really hold up like you know the all the acts actually should allow for mma fighters to go fight in boxing but the uc still has clauses against that the championship clause for example is not like that should not be able to hold up in court as well so now they're being taken to court and like they're actually having to defend it's not something like where it's like fighters have sued them in the past um, you know, for this reason or that reason, they're having to defend themselves in court. And as such, a lot of stuff's been turned over. Um, and of that, one of the things that has been turned over is that the UFC, it's actually been company policy for matchmakers like Joe Silva to, if a guy's on the last fight of his deal, you give him a shitty matchup and you stick him on the prelims. So that way, if that dude loses, you either get to re-sign him for lower money or he's fucking gone anyway because you just gave him to a bad guy he was supposed to lose to. So that's what they're trying to do with Nate. They're trying to give him a guy that's a bad matchup, and people are seeing through it. And I, I, that makes me really happy. I really hope they don't make that fight. I hope, I hope Nate stands his ground. Because tell me, which would you rather watch, Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson or Nate Diaz and Kazma Chemaev? Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson, dude. I'm not a fucking moron. Or, or if he, it doesn't have to be Tony. It could be if you still want him to fight a contender, Luke. He called out Luke. That's a banger right there. And that's a fight he wants, too. They both want it. So it's just – it's ridiculous. I'm very, very happy that uh, a lot of people are just, you know, telling, telling them to fuck off essentially. And Dana, you know, his head's getting redder each day. Uh, and I saw – he's like, guys, shut the fuck up. You know, it's a tough job. I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, Dana, I really wish I had your job, bro. Like, I, it's just so I really, I really wish I was a millionaire. I just I, – I just don't know how I can go home with my billions of dollars, you know – and just yell at the media and make bad fights. I wish I, I wish it's just a tough job, Dana. Um, but yeah, dude, huge win for Hosma. Not to take away from that. Um, I mean, look, if you're gonna have him fight a guy, it's got to be in the top five, right? It's, you I mean, have... dude, I'll put it like this, Josh. If Dana likes you, he'll suck you off like a hooker on Rodeo Drive in California. I mean, it's just a fact. Let's just keep it real. Let's just keep it real. Let's just fucking keep it real. It's the truth. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I'll enough. put it out there. I don't know. Yo, Dana, clip this shit. I know. 
I know you listen to us. I know <laughs> you fucking do. Send location, Dana. Send fucking location. Send location, Dana. Send location. Send location anywhere. Doesn't matter. Abu Dhabi, California, Vegas, New York, Texas, Kansas, my backyard, Josh's fucking patio. We'll do it anywhere. <laughs> we'll do it anywhere. We'll do it anywhere, Dana. I win. I take care of the UFC. You lose, you walk away. <laughs> You're having a loser leaves town matchup with Dana White. Yes, dude. Uh, and we're doing Valley Tudor rules, Pride style in Japan. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. That so, sounds good. Well, you know, Dana girl, does have experience in boxer size, so I'm not sure if you're going to be able to in boxer size. handle handle that experience. I guess Dana doesn't know I'm a black hell in Dakito. Dakito. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's an old, that's a deep cut. That's a, that that's is an old a deep joke. cut. There's only two men in the world who are black belt in Dakito and have been specialized in it. I've been training fucking years, Dana. I've trained with Shaolin fucking monks. Before they <laughs> offered the fight to FPS Russia, they offered it to me, motherfucker. <laughs> they offered it to me. Okay. Dana, he's your nightmare. I just said, I just said no, because I like Diego and I respect Diego, and I don't want Diego to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, to- totally do not go at Diego Sanchez telling him to fight him. Just don't. That would be terrible if you did. Um, <laughs> God, I dropped so fast for that money. You have no idea. <laughs> One hit and I'm down, dude. I kid you not. One hit a quitter. Oh yeah. Perfect. Um, but yeah, dude. So I mean. Then what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight? I know that Magomed Ankalaev picked up a nice wonderful Volkanovski mirror, but I don't think that really that was a little lackluster, man. Can we get into yeah. that a little bit? I mean, I felt like he should have finished Volkan. I mean, he he damaged Volkan, he hurt Volkan, and uh, I felt like in that fight he was capable of finishing that fight, and he didn't. I was really confused about that. You let I him mean, off the hook. You let him off the hook. You gave him a chance. I mean, that was a big surprise to me. I was like, I don't know. I said it to him like I felt like he should have finished him. I know that's a kind of shitty thing to say. In a way, because obviously fighters don't want to get finished. It's it's a bad thing for their health. But it's like, it should have happened, you know? I think that was a fight he could have finished, and they just didn't end up getting finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I missed the prelim because, you know, we you know I, I worked last night. I actually wanted to ask you. I, what I did see is, actually, we'll, we'll talk about this one because I saw Lerone Murphy versus Mach 1 Americani, man. Uh, shit, dude. Did they just, like, not like Mach 1 Americani anymore? Like, <laughs> did they just not <laughs> want to give him, like, a good matchup? Like, I really want to see. I thought Alex Cesar's Mach 1 Americani would have been a good matchup before Access is broken to the rankings, just saying. That that would have made a lot of sense. Two old OGs going at it, but yeah, this is a bad matchup for him. And he actually looked very good round one. But That's even what I then, like um Makwan was looking good round one. Like he just he was getting the takedown, he was looking good. And Throne Murphy, dude, like it as much as a, as great of a knockout it was, and it was great. I mean, he, I mean he it fainted, was a knee. He fainted the leg kick, and as he was fainting, Makwan shot in, hit him with a knee perfect on the button knocked him out cold but as good as that was i'm a little bit dis- i'm a little bit worried for his prospects in the future just because of how easily mach dominated him on the mat like he would like that round one was not even close like, he didn't separate the hands he, he couldn't get himself back up like he didn't know what to scoot towards him like stuff that i know you would think that he would know but it, seemingly he didn't i oh, understand the uk is not exactly Do you need to be in no, 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 I mean, his corner should we put you in i guess so your time <laughs> let's go josh Coach, I mean, Coach Evanoff. J- jokes aside, he they, I really he's got to work on his wrestling because I was a little bit, a little bit disappointed, man, a little bit disappointing. But overall, itself as just a knockout, that was tremendous. That was absolutely tremendous. I mean, I'm sure he'll recognize it. He'll go back into the lab. They'll take care of it. He's oh, too smart yeah. of a guy to not like work on his wrestling. Oh, so he's eleven and zero, man. Like he, there's no way he wants to lose that, right? Like, come on. <laughs> oh no, no, no. But dude, shout out our boy Andre. He got a nice win. Um, Let's which was a really, really entertaining fight. Really entertaining. Um, it was I a need to rewatch that. 
sloppy brawl for the most part, but it was a good, it was still a good fight. Got the submission, moved to two and zero in the in the big show. Um, a couple of other ones you want to go ahead and mention? Uh, Ilizu Celesco dos Santos, Benoit, Benoit Saint Denis, just good lord, tragedy, right? Ring. Yeah, I mean that was that was horrific. Um, it's, I don't know if it's the worst one I've ever seen. Like the worst refereeing. Is it worse than uh, Mario Yamasaki and uh, that Valentina fight with I can't remember the gal's name right now. Uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. Man, um, it is close. It's close for sure. Not that bad though. Yeah, it was definitely close. I'm not sure which one outranks it, but on the more lighter note, Zabira Takuov, uh, Ricardo is, Hamos was a, was a great fight. That was the, that was the ref's name. If you want to say that, <laughs> Vishlav Kaziev. Yeah, that guy's never going to ref again. <laughs> oh, not a chance. Dude, shout out uh, Michelle Olyazchuk. Um, Really underrated performance. Facing 14-0 Shamil Gamzatov, who was previously you know in the PFL. Um, great, great guy. Undefeated 14-0. Michelle Olyazchuk put it on him, dude. Like, he's under the radar, not... dude. And it's crazy. He's so young. Like he's inconsistent, but I, I like at this point I never realized how young he is. He's really young, bro. Like he's tw- he just turned twenty six. He came into UC in twenty seventeen. So what is the matter? Exactly. So he's been growing. He's having to fight against guys like you know. He was like twenty three. John Volante, you know, Jimmy Crute, OSP, and he's just dude, tremendous by him. Like he looked amazing, and that's by far the best performance I've ever seen him have. Um. And lastly, I got to give a shout out to Amanda Hebos and Vernon James Roba. Fun fight to open. I mean, to set lead into the pay per view. That was a really, really fun fight. Fun grappling exchanges. Shout out to Amanda Hebos nearly pulling out the TP triangle. Really, very rarely used TP triangle. So shout out her. Glad to see her rebound on a win. But Angel, my guy, dude, it's uh, it's time. It's your most hyped up pay per view of the year. I mean, I'd say so. I feel like every single time, whenever we talk off the show, oh, dude, I get hard for a minute, dude. We we were talking, <laughs> we we're talking about UFC 268, um, and it's weird, but I, I mean, of the top three fights, Usman Covington, Nama Yunus, Zhang Wei Li, um, and then obviously Gaethje Chandler. I am curious, which one are you most looking forward to on Saturday before we even break into the preview? I mean, for me personally, man, I'm a man of chaos. I I gotta say, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, right now, it's just been 100 real with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I, I have an idea of how that fight will go, but I'm like, you never know. I feel like those guys, uh, you know, you will get into it, but that's that's definitely what I'm most excited for, just because it, it could be chaos. It could be chaos. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. I think that's the pretty popular pick, and I'm gonna, gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say that uh, Rose and Wei Li is your second most look forward to. Am I right? probably yes yeah okay that's kind of what i figured because i think we're pretty much on the same page we talked about it whenever we hung out last but hey man china number one china number one you fucking know it josh (laughs) i know i know it's your girl it's your girl i I mean i love Zhang too she's awesome but i used to go and crack into the main event dude uh these two meeting once again it will be either repeat for Kamar Usman or revenge for Colby Covington in the main event at UC 268. Obviously, Usman, still the welterweight champion, still unbeaten in the UFC on and on one of the greatest runs we've seen in quite a long time. Uh, last defeated Jorge Masvidal in the U- first ever UFC fight with fans since COVID began back in April. Knocked him out for the first knockout loss of Masvidal's career. 
Colby Covington, uh, since their fights, Kamaru has fought three times. Colby only has one. He actually has only fought once since then. It was a it was an injury win over Tyron Woodley back in September 2020. Um, so that's something. Uh, <laughs> honestly, dude, I really think that most of what we're going to be talking about is really will Covington be able to kind of impose the game plan that he had? Will he be able to use some of the wrestling? Will he be able to change stuff together? Or do you truly believe at this point that Kamaru Usman is kind of leveled up, so to speak, with Trevor Whitman as his new coach, as honestly, as it's looked the last few times that we've seen him. Do you think it's going to be repeat for uh, Carmaru or revenge for Colby on Saturday night? I mean, first of all, I need to say it, Josh. I mean, if all the Trevor Whitman's, you know, you know, fighters win tonight, Trevor Whitman has to be coach of the year, right? You know, I'll let him be second place after Habib. No, I'm fucking I'm fucking Oh, uh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, by joking, the way, anybody who said Habib was coach of the year for this year is on some bullshit. Like, I get it. But I'm like, really? Like, for what it's worth, like, I know Habib is – Habib. I'm sure Habib is a great coach. But I'm, I'm saying as far as, like, a great teacher, like, as a, a guy who systematically changes fighters, it's for me, it has to be Trevor Whitman. I, I mean, I'm completely joking. I know. I know you're completely joking, <laughs> but I'm talking about the people who fucking like live and die by Habib Coach of the Year. Oh, okay. Which is like, dude, like, you know, put some name on my guys like James Krause, Henry Hoof, like guys who really like develop fighters. Like, and it's like no disrespect to Habib, but Habib is like in year one of coaching, and also the guys he's been working with are guys that his dad kind of developed before he came into the picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and you know, obviously Habib, I'm sure was part of the training process. He's been in those guys' corners before. Like, I'm sure he does play a big part, but it's not to the level of those other guys. You know what I mean? I'm just going to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, let, let's get right into it. Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington, right? I mean, like you said, you know, obviously, what's the plan for Colby? Is he going to come in? Is he going to wrestle? Is his D1 wrestling really going to make a, an impact against Kamaru? Obviously, we talked about the, the improvement in striking, a little bit more confidence. I mean, I feel like Kamaru's going to be comfortable in this fight. I mean, I, I think he has no fear in this fight. If he's going to take me down, he'll deal with it. I feel like the big worry is uh, if the takedowns do start coming in, I'm gonna, I wonder if like Kamara's conditioning will be affected at all. You know what I mean? Mm. Because uh, I've noticed that if he wrestles quite a bit, he'll get a he'll be he'll get tired, but it'll be different if someone starts wrestling him more. You know what I mean? And makes mm. him work. Which I'm curious to see how that would affect him. Obviously, if Kobe's able to get him against the cage, able to take him down, lay on top of him, make it really heavy on him. You know, maybe hands go a little lower. Kobe's able to land some shots. Obviously, you brought in a new striking coach working on a few things and obviously he didn't really want to get into his game plan didn't really want to mention too many things with obvious reasons uh but uh as far as my pick obviously i'm gonna, I'm gonna go kamaro josh i mean it, he beat him one time we'll beat him again he's a better fighter now he's been super active when I mean, covington comes out here and shocks the world i mean that'd be kind of fucking amazing josh like honestly that for me that'd be kind of like i mean i think that'd be the biggest win of the year for anybody honestly because mm-hmm. i i really don't have a lot of faith in Kobe covington for, for him to win this fight especially with the lack of activity. I know he's been working on his game. He's a guy with great conditioning, real tough dude. But, I mean, Kamaru Usman's looking like another level, man. We say it every time. Kamaru Usman's on another level right now. He's he's, he's dangerous to be, heavy hands, great wrestling. I mean, he's, he's just the full fucking package right now, dude. I, I don't know if anybody can stop him right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, look, it's uh, – I'm actually going to agree with you that if Colby wins this, I would actually be – it'd be one of my top upsets of the year, not because – and it's weird to say, right? Because these guys had such a close fight the first time around. But that was two years ago, man. And during that time, Usman's changed camps. And uh, he's looked, I don't want to say unbeatable, but about as close to unbeatable that you probably could get. I mean, obviously, I know Gilbert Burns 
hurt him at one point. But even then, Gilbert Burns, I got to say, dude, I think, like, he's right behind Kamaru. Um, it's one of the, like, top number one, number two in the division. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Hosmont will have to see how he plays out. But, like, um, I think Gilbert Burns is really, really good. And even then, Kamaru knocked him out. So, just it's it's tough for me to say, dude. And as much as uh, it would be it would be incredible to see Colby pull off the win, there's nothing I've seen from him. He's not even like in terms of Kamaru. Obviously, Kamaru's improved a lot, but like if Colby had strung together a couple of wins, he doesn't even have to be like you know. Obviously, Robert Whitaker is the standard, like the gold standard for losing your belt and then just whooping some ass to get back to the title. Colby's done about as least impressive you could do besides Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal got the title shot by just waiting, and, you know, he did the company a favor, so they gave him one right back. Colby went and beat a 40-year-old Tyron Woodley who just lost to Jake Paul, um, and he beat him via injury. And <laughs> Woodley had success in that fight. I believe he took round one or round two. <laughs> so it's about as worst performance you could possibly have, and it's a severely washed Woodley. Um so, you know what, man? Like, it's, it's tough to say. I just, you know, Colby, he's a uh, – you ever heard of the comedian Andrew Dice Clay? I have not. Let me know. So, Andrew Dice Clay is a comedian. Like, he had this uh, this persona as the Dice Man, right? And it was, it was so popular that that's all he's known for. He evolved into the character. Colby Covington has now simply become his character. Like, he's gotten himself kicked out of his gym, so now he's training – with like a much smaller gym who, I mean, can you tell me anybody out of that gym? Fuck no. No. And that's not, a, that's not a shit on. I believe the, I believe the gym's name is MMA masters, I believe. And in, in Miami, it's not a shit on them, but iron sharp, iron sharpens iron. And he was with the stand like he was with the top tier an American top team. And he got himself kicked out. He no longer has any friends because he's evolved in his persona to where now he has to keep on shitting on people. Does he have any friends? Now that you mentioned that, does he have a single friend? Like, who is Colby's friend? Did you watch Embedded? Uh, no. No, not Embedded. No, excuse me. Uh, the the Countdown Show. I, I didn't. I watched some yeah. of them, but I I didn't uh didn't watch that one. It gave it away to me. The fact I don't think Colby has any pr- any friends simply just because like, you know, they always show like your coaches talking and like you know how like they'll 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 give testimonies. You know, your coaches, your friends, but like, oh man, he's been working so hard. And like they had nobody for Colby. They just had him. They showed him talking with like the pe- like the women he like the strippers he hires in his videos. Like that was it. Um, hey man, and, he's a variety. He has Instagram girls and some porn stars every now and then. Don't just say he has so. variety. He's variety. Uh, <laughs> but jokes aside, like he's he's fully just like he's devolved into his persona. So now he's like gotten so kicked out of gyms. He's not training with the best anymore. He's a dick. And that that would we knew that, but like his Woodley performance was nothing to write home about. So all I, you know, there's I, no I signs of him winning this fight. Let's just be real. Completely. I mean, I look if you're if you're a Colby fan, I get it, and I understand they had a competitive fight the first time around, but I don't see it going very well for it's him. Been two years. So. Like honestly, if you're still writing off that, it's been two fucking years. If you think this fight will be close to what it was before. I think you're fucking insane. You know what I mean? Like, I, I legitimately think that. Like, I'll be yeah. honest with you. It's and been two years. There's been a significant... Mm-hmm. There's been significant more activity from one guy. A significant growth in their fight style. Like, that. that's the biggest thing to me. A guy... One guy evolved. The other guy is, from we know, is probably still around the same level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just a fact of life. And like you said, the, the only thing that could possibly make this interesting is the wrestling. Mm-hmm. But even then, I think... I think Kamara's a better wrestler than him. I mean, we'll find, we'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, I'm not going to say that. That's something I always wondered, uh, but we'll find out. 
you know, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll see. Um, yeah, dude, I just I think it's going to be Ant still. And, and his thing is like, I'm not. I don't think that Colby won't give him a tough round or two. Like I will fully concede that. I should. Like, I should. You know something? I should have picked Colby just for memes. What? what just the for memes? Like, you want to take a bet? No, no, no. I'm not doing it. I'm not an idiot. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> hey Josh, I've had two of the fucking, I've had two of the craziest picks for the year. I picked Fedor and Glover. Like I can't be too ballsy. <laughs> You're picking the, all the old men. I do. I fucking have, but you know, it, it's worked out though. I picked Fedor and look, I've done, I've done Cowboy back in the day when we started doing our picks. I did Fedor this year. I did Glover this year. Uh, like I, I need to be careful now, man. I, I don't think I can get too ballsy with my picks. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, but yeah, dude, I'm also going to go Kamar Usman. I just, uh. It's gonna be rough, man. I think I think it's gonna be rough for Colby. Like I said, I think he's, I think he's still one of the toughest matches in the division for him, but I don't think that means much. Like at this like, point, yeah. at this point, no, I just don't think it means much. Um, but as much as I am intrigued by the main event, I'm even more intrigued by the co-main event. Similar case here, a little bit different. Uh, these two did obviously fight as recently as April, um, oh, but in Rosamunas knocked out Zhang Weili. In a minute and 18 seconds, seemingly the first exchange, um, Jean got hit, caught with a head kick. It was the first knockout loss of her career, and it was her first loss in 20 fights, 21 fights, excuse me, um, first loss in UFC as well. So, look, dude, um, Jean is in a unique position. She's getting this rematch. All I can say is because of the China connection, that's true, but also just because she was so dominant before this kind of makes a little bit of sense and also just like he she got caught she got caught in the first exchange is it possible she can turn things around absolutely so first of all what do you think about this matt about this um about this fight obviously and who you got i mean you know we'll get right into it i mean as far as whaley man we've seen she kind of came out to arizona got with uh, henry cejudo and you know obviously that whole little group there which is Kind of makes you wonder if she's going to take a wrestling approach to this. Is she going to try to weigh her down? Obviously, Henry has good kicks. Is she going to try to take that mobility out early? Obviously, Whaley has good hands real quick. Nasty elbows can catch. I mean, you saw in that Yohanna fight, that front kick, she kept catching that and, you know, hitting her with that, you know, that punch right there. I mean, that shit was solid all night. And, uh, you know, as far as Rose, I mean, it seems like she's mentally in a good place, which obviously for Rose, that's a, that's a big thing for her. Obviously, her being there mentally is like the biggest factor to her. And uh, that's very important to her uh, because, you know, she's one of those people that if she's not there, she's not going to perform. And that's very evident with her. But it seems like right now she's doing well uh, from what I saw. Obviously, I'm not with her. I, obviously, I have no private connection to her and I can't ask her, hey, how you doing? And is everything <laughs> well? Like, oh, no, but it's, it's, you know what I mean, though? I can't. No, those no, are, yeah. No, those I, are factors I can't determine, you know? Like, it, 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 I don't know how she would want me to word it, Josh. God. No, <laughs> why, why do you hate me, man? No, it's kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Fuck you, Josh. Fuck. No, it's kidding. <laughs> just start going off. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, th- those are all things that they're going to play in. And I, like I told you, Josh, when she lost, I'm like, the last time Whaley lost, she won 20 fights in a row. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen this time when she loses again? You know what I mean? And obviously she's made all these big changes. Obviously that could be good and bad thing. But for her, I think for the group she's with, I mean, holy shit, dude. I mean, that's a that's a set of killers there. I mean, we we had Davison, Henry in the fucking I mean, they had a killer training camp. I forgot who else they had out there. I saw some other young fighter out there who was working with them who caught a picture with Wei Li. And I mean, Josh, I you know, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to number one all the way, man. I have faith in Wei Li, dude. I have faith. I think she can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I know that uh, she's your girl. Obviously, you got a lot of faith in her. And um, 
the way I look at this fight is obviously as as quick as the first exchange was, obviously she got knocked out, and I don't like a lot of the moves that she's not moves, excuse me, a lot of the things that she said. Um, she's made excuses about like, oh well, the crowd was booing me, threw me off my game, you know, stuff like that. And obviously, there's been a lot more than that. That's just the only one I have off the top of my head. Um, but ultimately, dude, I like the move that she made going to Henry, going to that camp. And I think the way I look at this fight is, like, who has more ways to win? Can Whaley avoid that early part of the fight where, statistically, Rose has been very, very good? But I think we're all starting to see the only real fight that we've seen Rose have good cardio, especially recently. The longer the fight goes, the worse she looks, particularly if you wear on her, if you slow her down with kicks. And I truly think that's part of the reason why she went to that camp with Henry to work on the wrestling, pin her up against the fence, maybe get a takedown or two. But even if you're not going to get the takedown, wear on her, kick her in the legs, do a lot of those little things that will go on to matter in the longer, the latter half of the fight. So, dude, I, I'm looking at this matchup and as good as Rose looked. I was it's extremely won. calculated, dude. It really it, is. For sure. And I just don't I just don't think that she got this far just to lose and Lose twice through, obviously. Anybody can get caught instantly. I mean, shit, dude. Like, JDS and Kane is the example I always use for somebody Matt, getting caught immediately. Matt Sarah, GSP. Yeah. But that one's actually a little bit different. But It is a little bit different, but it's still, like, I mean, GSP did to get caught, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, dude, I, uh... That's another one where someone got legitimately caught. Like, a fucking... Oh, well, shit. Fucking, uh... Derek Brunson, right? Or, not Derek Brunson, uh, I'm blank. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Bellator, uh, Jerry, uh, not, I'm fucking, fucking up so bad right now. I have his name in my head. Why is it blanking on me? Our homeboy in Bellator now. I said his name earlier. Who's our homeboy? Uh, Corey Anderson. There we go. Oh, I know, yeah. I don't know why I had his, I had his face and everything, but he got caught by Young. He got caught by Young. He 30-25. People always forget. He 30-25'd him. Like, he beat the Yeah, before. Yeah, he beat, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A couple he years prior. So, yeah, that's actually, that, that's a good example. Um, I'm going to take Whaley, dude. I'm going to go out and just cut the chase. I'm going to take Whaley. I think he's going to reclaim the title, um, which I think may lead to an, a, a trilogy, which I'm not necessarily excited for, but that may be the case. Um, <laughs> we can just go. Now, this one that actually recently has been changed. It's going to actually open up the card, but it's still on the poster um, as being the third fight. Hey, there's a reason why it's on there, though, and you know why. Oh, yeah, well, but it also recently got changed. But this is just kind of like to go ahead and – it's the biggest, third biggest fight on the cards. So we're going to go ahead and talk about it, even though it's not in the correct order. It's the big one. It's the big yeah, one. It's, it's, it's honestly my most anticipated fight. I think it's truly the biggest coin flip. Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, both guys coming off of title fight losses. Um, and Michael Chandler, he's truly, truly living up to his reputation. He said when he signed the UFC, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. And there's no better good time for the fans, at the very least, than watching him fight Justin fucking Gaethje at MSG. Yeah. Let him Winner, potentially having, Let him a title, potentially having a title shot on the line. Two of the greatest lightweights on the planet. Fire rigs are expected damn near guaranteed as a two-step of the cage. So, Andrew Boyle, go ahead and give me your breakdown. Give me your thoughts. Who do you think is going to be next for the winner of Poirier versus Oliver? I mean, first of all, let's let's talk about two guys who just are fucking entertainment, man, dude. I mean, Michael Chandler speaks very well on the mic. Justin Gaethje speaks very well in the cage. <laughs> uh, you know, these, this is great matchmaking, man. I mean, this is a fight that I think, uh, I think from day one, I told you, I was like, we need to see Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Like, I think I told you that when he got signed. I was like, this mm-hmm. fight needs to happen. 
And it is happening. It's happening in fucking MSG, dude. Like, where else would you want this fight? Like, there's no other, no other better place to do it, honestly. Maybe, maybe in California, right over there, in, in, in one of those arenas. But fuck, man, there's no better place in MSG to do it at. And those guys are gonna be f- living it with the crowd, man. They're gonna be loving it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, there was a few things Michael Chandler said that I kind of liked. Uh, kind of gave away, kind of not didn't really give away his game plan, but he talked about wrestling and. Who was there with him? He brought up the, the fact that Logan Storley was there with him, which I was like, okay, so this is gonna be like heavy wrestling. Like he plans to take him down. Which is he able to get the takedown? Does he avoid the leg kicks? Obviously, he has a, you know, him in New York have some history. So obviously, that's kind of a, you know, there's there's some little history there. So I'm curious if that's kind of in the back of his mind, like, oh fuck, we're here again. And we know about the Justin Gaethje leg kicks, which is gonna be the fucking end all be all here, I think, for him. And the very big danger for Michael Chandler if he's able to check those, because you saw him that a. Uh, Dan Hooker fight. Dan Hooker went straight for the leg early on, and it, he got him with one of those. He kind of made him, uh, was it stumble a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in that, in that, uh, in his, in his debut, and obviously with Justin Gaethje. I mean, a Justin Gaethje kick is going to be different from a Dan Hooker kick. I'll tell you that right now, uh, and that's just a fact. And uh, obviously, I'm curious to see if it, it does go to the ground. How Gaethje does with you know his original wrestling base, and see if there's anything there. Obviously, we saw something. We saw something in their Habib fight, but granted, Habib has uh, reached some levels that. Uh, you know, are beyond us in this realm, you know? So, there, you know, we can't... I don't think we got to see all of Justin Gaethje's potential in wrestling. I mean, Habib even took... I remember Habib talked about it, you know, that he took into account that Justin had a wrestling base, so that was going to make the fight interesting. And that's something he thought about in the back of his mind. Obviously, they ended up mattering in the end. Still got the submission, still got the win. But, obviously, big fear for me is, obviously, the get your leg kicks to Michael and, obviously, the wrestling that's going to, like I said, kind of give it away with the fact that Logan Storley is there to kind of help him with that. And uh, I mean, I mean, I think it's gonna be a, a Justin Gaethje kind of stand-up matchup, and Michael Chandler trying to get that takedown. Unless he kind of said that kind of throw off. I don't know if he's trying to throw some mental games in there or not. Just kind of set it to kind of be like, you know, hey, like this might happen, but it really doesn't. But I'm sure the I'm sure the game plan is to take it down at some point, like without a doubt. And for me, obviously, Michael Chandler is a very touchable guy. I mentioned this before. I think he could be touched at any point in the fight, and if he gets touched, he goes down, man. Honestly, it's it's a fact. I mean, anybody, right? But uh, I'm gonna pick Justin Gaethje, man. I think Justin Gaethje's gonna win this. I think the leg, the leg kick is just the big factor in me, man. I think he'll fucking get that going early on. Michael Chandler won't know how to deal with it. He won't be able to get the fight down to the ground, and it's gonna be an easy night for Justin Gaethje. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, dude, I mean, like you said, I think that one of the biggest keys of this fight is, uh, like you mentioned, if he gets touched, he could be going out. And it's not to say Michael Chandler is a bad chin because Michael Chandler is very much. Um, it's not as bad as this, I'll go ahead and say this, but um, he, he reminds me a lot of Chuck Liddell um, on the latter half of his career. Not Tito fight, the latter half. Just because <laughs> he's, been through so many, he's been through so many wars that, like, that shit wears on you, dude. And Michael Chandler, he, I'll say this, I think he's out of his prime, for sure. Um, and that's not to judge him, but, like, dude, he's been through so many fucking wars. Like, two fights of Will Brooks that were just insane. Two fights of Eddie Alvarez that were just in, in, absolutely insane. His fights with the Pitbull brothers. Like, he's truly entering in the UFC similar to Ben Askren, although I think obviously more in touch with his prime. But they're both, just using an example, a guy that was so hyped in, both were already on the downslope. He he knows that. That's why he's, you know, said, like, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Um, but when I look at this fight, I think there's a very, very big key. 
And it's that they've been talking so much about like whoever shoots is a bitch and, you know, no, I'm not taking a step <laughs> back and all this do all doing this, this alpha male bullshit. It's just like it, just, there's no other way to be, put it. Which is going to be such a lie. Like they're going to definitely step back. Someone's definitely going to shoot. Fuck, dude. What if Justin Gaethje shoots, Josh? Not, that's not going to happen. But like <laughs> I know, I'm just, but imagine I'm just, I'm just saying imagine a world. Yeah. What, what, what if he's like, just like, fuck you, Chandler. I'm taking you down <laughs> just to make a point. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just using. I'm just like. I mean, there's no other way to put it, dude. Like, that's fully. That's what they've been doing. It's just like this. This absolute like you know alpha male shit. Um, and I I gotta say, dude, I really think Michael Chandler is gonna flip the script on him. I don't. I think that he's Wait, way too smart. Wait, you have smart. faith in Michael Chandler? I'm actually picking him to win. Oh I think, shit! I kind of like he, this. I think he's gonna flip the script. I think he's. I think that he's talking about like, oh yeah, man, I'm shooting for the takedown. I'm coming to brawl. I'm coming to bang, bro. And but I don't. There's no way Michael Chandler did not watch how easy it was. Because obviously Michael Chandler's not as good of a wrestler as Habib is, but he's still got an insane hey man, blast know. double. No, I'm just <laughs> he's got no, he's got an insane blast double. His jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. I think there's no way that he watched him do that and it's like, oh yeah, bro, I'm gonna stay on the feet with one of the hardest strikers in the UFC. I'm just gonna go ahead and do that. Like that's yeah. that's totally what I'm gonna do for fun. Like I zero chance. Like, I understand Chandler's been talking a lot about, like, you know, whoever steps – I'm not taking a step back. He he better be prepared, and, you know, it's going to be fight of the night, fight, greatest fight of all time, blah, blah, blah. Do you blah. really think it's that mental? Like, it really – he's being that, like, mental with him, like, that scientific where he's, like, you know, he's kind of, like, trying to psych him out, like, yeah, bro, we're going to fucking bang tonight. You know what I mean? I think it's that, and I think that he's aware of the reputation, uh, his reputation being, like, a fun action guy, and then also just, like – with the fans you know, and all that. With the like, fans oh. and, and all that. And I think he's saying all the right things. But I think, like, in his head, he's like, I think his coaches, too. I think they're like, yeah, we're going to go in there. We're going to take this motherfucker down. Like, there's. I, if you're, I mean, shit, and he could catch him. You know, he throws that leg kick. Chandler's a little shorter. You know, he's a little closer to that leg. I mean, it's possible. And he has a right hand from God. I have no idea how Oliveira survived. I mean, I mean, it's crazy to think, but, like, he was a couple of seconds away from being lightweight champion. Like, Fuck he man. really was. That would have been pretty hard. awesome. That would have been pretty fucking awesome. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That would have been yeah. pretty fucking awesome. I mean, I was, I gotta be honest. I was rooting hardcore for Chandler in that one. I mean, as much as I love Oliveira, like, I mean, I've just, I mean, hey man, still both stories were fucking awesome. Like I said, it back then, so it didn't end up mattering. But I, I, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up, Josh. I like that. I, I like that you gave that different perspective. I'm happy we disagreed for once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. I fucking maybe it is that calculator, Josh, like that he's saying this because he does seem like that kind of guy who would take that extra step to say shit like that to kind of like get in his head. And like I said, I brought up the Lorgan Stillerly thing, so it's it's clearly obvious their plan is to wrestle. Yeah, and that's despite what Chandler's saying, because I think Chandler's aware. I mean, I think that he's aware. And I know Gaethje even told the press conference like, if if you shoot, you're a bitch or something along <laughs> those lines. Pulling a pulling a page of the out of the old Connor playbook, you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, like I just I think he's gonna truly flip the script. I don't think he cares honestly at this point about like oh I mean about like so making boring. the fight. I think. Michael Chandler isn't capable of being in a boring fight, but I don't think he's going to be, like, overwhelmingly trying to stand. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to take it down. I think he's going to get it, and I think he's probably going to win either via first-round TK or first-round submission. You're not worried about the leg kicks? I mean, I, I just I just Very know he's, had a, I know he's had a big issue with him, and he didn't check it well on Dan Hooker. Obviously, he was able to walk down Dan Hooker and corner him. Well, Brent Primus, too. Remember? Brent uh, – Obviously, it was a weird thing. It was like oh, yeah, with the perennial nerve got hit, and obviously that yeah. played a factor. But he hasn't had an issue with those leg kicks. I know that's like been a thing through his career now. I think that's possible, but I think it's not even going to matter. I think the second 
I mean, I think he's going to be shooting early. I think he's going to be shooting real early, dude. Like, I really don't. Because Gaethje's such a high-volume guy. I think this is a normal fight. I don't think he should probably until halfway through the round. But, like, Gaethje's such a high-volume guy. Like, statistically, I think it's either him or Holloway, probably Holloway, for, like, most strikes thrown per minute. Now, do you uh, think since it's three rounds, it's actually better for Chandler? Oh, for sure, dude. I think for sure. Because Gaethje, I mean, he's a monster. Especially ever since he's been pacing himself more. Oh, yeah. Um, Which we've seen, like, since, like, the tone. Like, not really since the 25, but since, like, before his um dude if you're right by the way i'm gonna be like this could be pretty epic like i'll actually be kind of happy that you were right because i'm like that's i didn't even think about all that i I mean that's just my thoughts on it like i don't i mean i thought about the wrestling but i'm just like i just think for some reason he's just gonna fuck him up early with the legs he's he's gonna be able to avoid the takedown he's gonna be able to catch him coming in you know a knee potential like i I don't know i just have all these fucking worries i'm just picking just engage i think it's just i think it's the smart pick Mm mm-hmm Oh, no, I agree, but it's still very much a coin flip because here's the thing. For as much oh, yeah. as I'm accounting for the wrestling, I think, like, his blast double is just phenomenal. I think, like, in that first round when they're fresh, if he gets him down, that's going to be GG. But if Gaethje survives the second and the third, we're a completely different story, oh, completely yeah. different story. Because Chandler doesn't really gas. People, like, talk about, like, oh, he gasses hardcore and, you know, he's has a bad gassing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, not really, but he's a guy that, like, if he gets to take down, he's going to go all out for the finish. If he doesn't get it, he's going to, you know wait a minute or two on top and he's gonna you know fall like not he's got to be super active he's not one of those guys he's aware of his gas tank and he pays himself especially after he exudes himself a lot so it's entirely possible if like he goes in round one looking for the finish can't get it round two rolls around it's like oof it's not as it's not it's gonna be easy for him so yeah but i think we spent enough time on that fight it's gonna be a phenomenal one um but moving on down the card a little weird placement for this one but shane burgos Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo, a couple of featherweights throwing down. Go ahead and give me your quick thoughts on that one. You know, my big worry with this is that Shane Burgess is coming off like a fucking scary knockout, like a, a scary finish. Like he got finished like kind of in a terrifying way, dude. Like that slow kind of fell back, went down. I don't know. I think it's too soon for Shane Burgess. How do you feel about that? I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. I honestly think that after that, I would have loved to see him take a year off. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement. That's that, that's kind of my worry. Obviously, Billy's been like on a good trajectory lately. Got some good wins. Uh, obviously, he had that loss not too long ago to to Gavin Tucker. It was, it was a decision that was uh, last year in December. So it's always been a year now. Uh, I don't really remember that fight. I know I watched it because it was on a Figgy Moreno card. So, I mean, granted, it's been a year. I mean, it's gonna be a fucking tragedy. You know, it's gonna be fucking hard to remember that. I don't know if you remember any of that. No, no, it's it's been a while. Uh, so who knows how that went? Like I said. He has a lot of finishes, man. A lot of finishes early on in his career. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to catch him. You know, just because of just because the finish was not too long ago, I'm gonna pick Billy. Just just that's my big worry because Shane just mm-hmm. got finished not too long ago, and if Billy is able to come out good early on and catch him, and he's coming off two losses. Uh, Shane Burgers says, dude, Josh Emmett. That was a tough fight if I remember right. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. It's a Barbosa finish. You know that was, you know, contender for fight of the year, and now Billy. I mean, it's, it's you know, and he's been finished, and he had that Calvin Cater loss back in 2018, third round finish. I mean, it's, I know it's been a while since that Calvin loss, but I'm like, uh, I don't know. It, he's just, it's just too soon for me. That's my worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I completely understand that. I mean, it's, um, yeah, dude, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, I think it is a bit too soon as well. It, it was scary, dude. It was, it was one of the scary knockouts I've seen in, honestly, quite a while. Like, the I was confused. He took the – wasn't it like he just took, like, a straight jab and, like, his brain just shut down? Dude, he just started falling back. Like, it almost looked like something else had happened. Like, he started, like, 
wobbling back, and then he was out. It was weird. It was scary. Was I didn't like it. Super delayed. So I would have loved to see him take more time off, especially considering, like, you know, I thought he won that Josh Emmett fight, but he ate some right hands from hell. He took a lot of damage in that one, too. In fact, Shane Burgos, I, I, don't, I can't prove this, but I'd be willing to bet, like, he, he's taken, like, in terms of, like, strike differential, he's taken so much damage. Calvin Cater fight, most notably, that Swanson fight was a war. The Emmett fight was a war. And the Barbosa fight was also a war, and he got knocked out on that one. So I mean, fuck um, your brain, right? Exactly, right? And he's still only 30. Like, he's he's still got a couple of years to go. So I like Billy Q a lot, and I love Burgos for the sole reason that I, he's more experienced at the top level, I am going to take Burgos, but that's very cautious. Very, very cautious. Very, very cautious pick there. Um, but lastly, originally set to open the main card. Now it's third up from the billing. I understand that like our, you know, it's the way we're doing this is a little bit weird because honestly, you see still changing the card as we fucking speak for how they're going to phrase, for how they're going to put this damn thing on. But Frankie Edgar coming home, fighting, Marlon Chito Vera, such a good matchup that has flown completely under the radar. Frankie, a lot of people are talking about retirement. He keeps on shrugging off, shrugging off, shrugging it off. But uh, do you think it's possible he retires out of this one? And do you think he pulls out the dub on Saturday? I mean, I think it'd be a good idea if he retired. I mean, if he's, dude, I mean, I, I, like I said, dude, my fucking, when guys have good records like this, like the biggest nightmare for me is for them to get that double digit loss. You know, he's on nine right now. Lost to Corey Sanhagen, freak flying knee. That was earlier in the year. I don't know if he should have taken more off, more time off or not. But hey, man, do your thing right. Obviously, he had the Pedro Munoz win, you know, in, in late 2020, which I remember that. That was actually a legitimately good performance, right? Very good. I thought he lost that fight, but that was still a very, very good performance. Very right. high paced, lots of volume. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a rough road, man. Obviously, he had the, the Korean zombie loss there, first round finish, Max Holloway destruction, which. God, that was bad. Cubs Swanson win there. Brian Ortega lost in 2018. I mean, it's been an interesting road. Prior to that, though, it wasn't looking bad. Yeah, your Rodriguez, Jeremy Simmons, the Jose Aldo loss, and then, you know, a nice little streak there with Oliveira, BJ Penn, Cubs Swanson again. You're right, favorite. I mean, I mean, he was looking good there for quite a while. But, I mean, these last ones at the tail end of his career, man, it hasn't been looking good. He's 40 years old. He's definitely slowed down. I mean, I think he can win this. I think the wrestling will be a big factor. I'm curious to see how Cheeto deals with that. I mean, if he's able to get him down, I feel pretty confident that Mar- Frankie wins this. I mean, if I'm going to be honest with you, I think if he, as long as the, I think on the stand-up, it'll be a little bit more even, a little closer. But uh, I think if Frankie just doesn't get caught with anything crazy, no, no crazy uh, elbow, you know, uh, like elbows or anything like that, or heavy shots early on. I think he should be able to. I think I think he get a solid decision here against uh, Cheeto. And honestly, if he retires in MSG, I think that'd be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. He's 40 for years sure. old. I mean, what what else does he want to do? He's one of the greatest lightweights to ever compete. You know, I mean, it's it's and he he'd be at 25 and nine and one. I mean, that's a that's a solid fucking record, dude. Just avoid another loss. I just honestly don't I don't like seeing double digit loss unless you hit those Arlovski numbers, man, or or those uh Olenek numbers. That's that's when I'm like, okay, at least there's like a 40 fight difference. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. You know that they're a little bit more respectable, but. 24 and 10, I mean, that just don't want to see that, man. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, I mean, look, this fight is very, very big for me. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, a lot of people are telling him he should retire, win or lose. I see that's a very common theme this week whenever this fight has been brought up. I don't necessarily agree. Um, Frankie Edgar, I think it depends on how this fight goes. I think he wins this one. Maybe he sticks around as like maybe an Aldo-type guy where it's like, 
We know he's not championship level anymore, but he can still put on some fun fights. He's still better than the, you know, the lower half of the top 15. Very, very pivotal fight for me personally, just in terms of like, should he continue or not? Um, I am going to take him. And it's very, very hesitantly, but I don't know if A, Marlon Vera has the power to get him out of there. Just because the way Marlon Vera tends to fight, he's, he obviously has power, but it's a lot more like very, very different style, right? Completely different style. But he's, he's kind of like Max Holloway in a way that like he rarely sits down on his punches. Um, obviously, he does from time to time. He's reason why he has TKOs and knockouts, but like he never really sits down on his punches a whole lot. Will he against Frankie? That's obviously a different story, but a lot of time he – with he like he waits and chooses and on um, when he's actually going to pull the trigger and put you know put a heater on him you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but i i think frankie's going to probably try and out wrestle him try and control him um so i'm going to take frankie decision win obviously if he wins he's back right back in the mix because people don't forget dude like he was a decent you know there, there was a lot of people picking frankie heading in that fight with sanhagen like i truly think if they ran that one back maybe it's different like sh- uh, I think his wrestling can be a lot of problems, give a lot of people problems at 135. But will he actually get there? That'll be an interesting conversation for another day. Uh, looking down the ballot on the card, like the the undercard, excuse me, uh, what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight outside of the pay-per-view portion? I mean, we got to bring it up, Josh. I mean, this is an important one. Uh, Alex Perea, man, fighting a guy whose name I cannot pronounce. But, I mean, he's making his debut. Three and one, only four professional fights. Uh, I mean, he's notably, obviously, the guy who knocked out Izzy. That's, like, the big mm-hmm. thing, right? Uh, the likelihood of them ever meeting up is highly fucking unlikely. The ne- actually, I'll say next to none, you know? Just because of his uh, lack of experience, right? Mm-hmm. And he's coming in. And I'm curious to see how he does, man. I, I really am. I mean, is he going to come out? Is he going to do anything different? I mean, he's on the, old, he's on the older end now as far as... Uh, it's 34, right? You know, for MMA, that's pretty late. You know what I mean? That's Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, how far his career will go is uh, is a big question mark, right? He's coming off a, a loss in glory, though. I just saw this right here. Lost majority decision. So I'm curious to see. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, was, uh, that wasn't too long ago. That was a few months. Uh, like September. And a rematch against Artem Vitkov. Uh, they fought in January. Very close fight. And the second one was just as close. Really? Yeah. Alrighty, so let's see how he does. Let's see how he's feeling. Curious to see how he you know, does in his weight cut. How I'm sure it's different in some capacity. I don't know if there's any difference, but uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of things I'm curious to see as far as how his development goes going forward. How long the UFC keeps him around, and as far as kind of like how far they want to push him. Mm-hmm. For sure, and uh, I gotta be honest with you, dude. I'm not hyped for this in the slightest. Oh, not I'm not either, but I'm just I'm just curious to see. You know, it, it's um, like I said, I'm not necessarily hype, but I think I want to highlight because he's a he's a big question mark right now. Oh yeah, for sure. But for me, it's like he's been half in, half out on MMA for a couple of years now. He's 34, and yeah, I mean he he's had three knockout wins in a row, but it's against guys without Wikipedia pages. Um, and obviously he's coming a lot coming. I love how that's your golden loss. standard, by the way. It's it's quite literally the like lowest standard you can have to be somewhat relevant that's my way of looking at it now that's not to say obviously i don't know the guys he beat like that's honestly my real barometer but it just sounds funnier to say that like he's um beating guys on wikipedia page but like jokes aside it's not like he's beating the cream of the crop as the macho man would put it um let's go champ let's go champ like he's had 
I mean, he beat Thomas Powell. I I mean, I mean he fought a guy who was eight and seven. I was gonna say, what he, were the records? That's that's a good question now. Okay, just based off of uh, topology, he lost to a guy who was three and zero. He beat a guy who was eight and seven. He beat a guy who was six and zero, and then he beat a guy who was four and four. So nothing impressive. Bit of a, bit of a mixed bag. Um, he's fighting the guy whose name I can't pronounce the last name, but he's Andreas. It's a Greek last name. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Machilis, maybe potentially. Uh, not necessarily the greatest talent, but he's he's okay. He's a well-experienced um, two, guy. Yeah, well-experienced. Two fights in the UFC. Knockout loss to Medea Bukakis, who actually recently just got released for some bullshit reason. What? Uh, and then he, yeah, you didn't know that? That's some bullshit, dude. My man got injured. Yeah, he got cut. And he has no health insurance now. Well, I guess he's in a different country. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> and then he did pick up a win over KBBR, who actually is pretty good. So, um, yeah, so he's he's an interesting guy, but he's not really much of a wrestler. So this should be one Alex Bahia should take. But at the same time, he's 34. I more than people compare him to Izzy, and he's like, yeah, I'm coming for the belt. People already talked about him fighting Izzy because you know he he beat him once in one of the worst robberies I've seen in kickboxing, and then he beat him another time after getting his ass kicked for a round and a half, and then he knocked him out. Um, so it's I truly recommend people to go rewatch. Those you think fights. they're gonna push the shit out of him? That's what's gonna happen, right? They're gonna try to push him. If he wins three, he... if he wins three in a row, he's getting a title shot. I'll put it that way. Like okay, so give me give me like a retro retro. He wins this, he gets a guy outside of the top twenty five, right? If he beats the, if he beats this kid, he's gonna fight Kevin Holland. If he beats Kevin Holland, he's gonna fight. By the way, that's a very winnable fight for him. One hundred percent. So I'm actually, <laughs> that's actually fucking scary to think. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> okay, I have middleweight in front of me. He he's gonna fight that kid. If he beats that kid, he's gonna fight Kevin Holland. If he beats Kevin Holland, he's probably gonna fight. If I had to guess, Yo, Darren Martin. Till. And then he's Mark. gonna fight for the title. Dude, what the fuck? You know what's crazy? That doesn't even sound unrealistic. Not even a little bit. I know I'm right. Like, <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? They're really gonna try to do it, aren't they? One hundred percent. There's a reason why he was originally also, on the pay per view. Also, Josh, he's all in on MMA because he can't fight in Glory. Why not? Did you, did you think about that? That's true. I mean, but also he's been he's been half in half out until he got signed a couple of months ago. That's I know, but now, but now he can't be though. You know what I mean? Because they're not yeah. going to allow that. So that's a sc- that's that's also another thing I don't even think we thought about right now. He's actually had to have to fight MMA on a regular basis now, whereas that's before. True. He was fighting, you know, he could fight Glory every other week. You know, he could do kickboxing because you know in kickboxing they have fights all like very often. It's actually kind of wild how often they fight. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now it's gonna be a little different, and also it's like he has more shit to worry about, like, and he can only fight in the UFC. They're not gonna allow him to go fight in Glory. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but in the end, I people are comparing him to Izzy. I think he's more likely to be Gokan Saki than he is Izzy. Fucking yeah, yeah, I know about that. And I love Gokan Saki, but like they were damn near the same he's age. He's really gonna fight Kevin in. Holland, dude. You're not even wrong. They're they really were damn near fuck. the same age when they came to the UFC. Dude, Gokan if Kevin Holland loses 34. his fight, if Kevin Holland loses his fight against uh, what's his name, Dawkins, they might actually set that up. Or if he wins, they're fuck. pushing the shit out of this dude. Dude, what the fuck? But like I, I would actually recommend people to rewatch both those fights because he beat Izzy the first time around. I thought it was complete robbery. That's what I've heard um, too. And then the second one, Easy nearly had a finish, got overzealous, got finished himself. That's, I mean, that was, you know, it happens. And that's the only thing. Uh, it wasn't just a domination career. ass kicking like how it's been presented. Yeah. So, 
And also that was years ago, and both guys have cha- changed a lot. So I don't even think he's going to get close to Izzy. But regardless, um, outside of that one, I like Quinta Bobby Green. Absolute banger. Very excited to see uh, Rage and Alice return, which has really flown under the radar, man. It really, really has. Um, but we'll see what he has on Saturday. Bobby Green, that's a great matchup. Phil Hawes, Chris Curtis, very, very fun one. Glad to see Chris Curtis finally get the opportunity. Phil Hawes back. I was a great prospect. Uh, Edmund Shabazian is back against somebody like, you know, I want to say like more level, level competition, level. but even the guy he's fighting is fucking great. And not That's like, where they want to push. Yeah. I mean, he, he beat Jordan Williams is very good. He lost to Phil Hawes, very close fight. And then he knocked out Ian Heinish who has an amazing chin on him. So, you know, it's, um, so it's, it's still going to be a rough one for, for Edmund. Um, I feel like they're trying to transfer that hype to this 25-year-old Russian kid, so it, it happens. Hey, Ian French, Gary, French nationalized. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Um, but Ian Gary versus George Williams, very hyped-up fight, as it should be. That's a great one. UFC and the last one, last one I personally want to highlight, John Volante's retirement fight is going to be on the early prelims, taking on Chris. It's going to be a fucking banger, too, John. Huggy Bear Barnett. So, I mean... It's a banger all around, dude. This is an all around amazing card. Dude, I want some spinning shit in this. I want some spinning shit from Chris Barnett, dude. I better see some spinning shit. Oh, he's going to give you some spinning shit. I think he wins this fight. Really? Good for yeah. Chris Barnett. You know something? This is. Okay, and this be just blaming on. You know, Chris Barnett is never going to be UFC champ, right? He's never going to be. Bullshit. Never break the top 10. UFC champ in my heart. Yeah, yeah, and in my heart, too. But, dude, he's one of those guys who's like, man, he doesn't have to be UFC champ because he's so fucking entertaining, you know? That's true. Like that's that's this is one of the rare few times where I can say it's perfectly fine for a guy to not be chasing championships. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's just a fun dude. Like that's and he's not even you know and you can't even call him a journeyman because he actually has like a positive record. He's twenty one sure. and seven. Like it's actually kind of fucking insane. You look at him and you don't think this guy would be twenty one and seven. For sure, dude. And he has some good wins on there. Oh yeah, he has some names. So, you know, just moving on. Um. It's not the only MMA this weekend. That is a phenomenal card. Obviously, this one does not compare to it, but still a very, very fun Bellator card taking place in Dublin. Main event, lightweight title is on the line, vacant lightweight title, and a rematch of a fight that happened earlier this year, which is an absolute banger. Patricky Pitbull taking on Peter Quilly. Obviously, Peter feed him via Dr. Soppage, second round, an absolute war back at Bellator 258 in May. He's going he's gonna to venture into the Irishman's home country and try and win the vacant belt, finally trying to come out from behind his brother's shadow and pick up the biggest win of his career. Angel, what are your thoughts about the main event of Bellator 270? Dude, I think it's a banger. I like their first fight. I'll be fucking frank about it. I don't, I'll don't. i be completely honest. I thought they had a good first fight. Obviously, it ended because of the cut, but I think these guys are going to give us a fucking show, dude. I don't give a fuck. I think... I think these guys are do put on fucking fireworks, dude. Five rounds? I love it. Obviously, I was I'll be honest, I was a little more excited for James Taylor patching mix, as I think that was gonna be a at least for my for me, I thought that five rounds would have been better. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I wish they were both five round fight uh, you know, but they're not. So yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, it's a little bit depressing. I, I but we will go ahead and get that one in a minute. As far as the main event goes, who do you got in the side of fight? I'm gonna pick Peter Quilly, dude. I have faith in him for some reason, dude. I know that I like I I think he's gonna come out and really do some shit, dude. He's a tough dude. Mm. He is a very tough dude, and 
he's fighting at home. He obviously picked up the win beforehand. One of the top guys in the world for Bellator, but I'm going to go Patricky Pitbull, dude. I really think he's going to come out from behind his brother's shadow. God, I can't, be to be, I can't wait to be sorry. Right? <laughs> I mean, let's go ahead and note here, dude. He was losing that fight before he got the uh, the doctor stoppage. It's very important to note. Fuck, man, um, but he was putting in some work, though. He was. He had his moments, but he was still down two rounds to none before that stoppage came with the doctor. You, so. you just weren't ready for the knockout, dude. That's what it is. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see on Friday. So, yeah, I'm going to go and take... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see. Yeah, I'm going when... to take Patricky. Yeah, you Pitbull. can't wait to see Peter Quilly put out Patricky with those lights. Man. I can't wait, wait to see Patricky finally get his, his due. Can't, can't wait to see. I can't wait to see Patricky lose the title. Okay, bro. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I think he's going to do it. I think that this is finally his time. Um, you know, I mean, all, everybody talks about Patricio... This would be the first time that he's actually won the Bellator title. Like, he's always been in the shadow of his brother. So I, I really – I think this is his time. I think he's going to have to walk through hell to get there. He's going to stay he, in it too. I th- <laughs> that's a, all right, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I think he is going to go ahead and get the championship <laughs> on Friday. Co-main event, like you mentioned, dude, this is as good as it gets in the Bellator Bantamweight division. Obviously, technically not Bantamweight, technically catchweight fight, 137.8 really? pounds. Dude, what Patrick happened? Nixon, Miss, missing weight. That's not good. Yeah, he did not look good. He missed it by two and two point eight pounds. Um, these two got a lot of heat going into it. James Gallagher, obviously twenty five years old now. He's only getting better each fight. Who do you got in the co-main event? Dude, I talked to you probably about it. James Gallagher, man, changing up camps, no longer with SBG, now with Glory MMA out of Kansas City, man. Let's go, champ. <laughs> James Krause. James Krause is gonna be there, man, cornering him. I mean, dude, I've I've seen some pictures. I, I looked up some shit, man. He's been traveling. He's been working with different gyms. I mean, he's really committed to this fight, and uh, like as every fighter should be, right? You know. And uh, clearly, he clearly he thought some things weren't working enough for him at, at SBG. And he had, you know, he had been with SBG forever. I mean, he was eleven and one with him, right? I mean, it was it, obviously if if he's at a level now where he recognizes, hey. I think these guys are great, but they're not providing fully what I think I need right now in my career. That's a kind of a, you know, I respect that, especially at a gym like Glory, who, as far as major names, I mean, who do they got, Josh? Let's think about it. Grant Dawson, Megan Anderson, obviously James Krause, but, mm. but like, who else? You know, like, th- this really is like their big time name now, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean and, and, and great they're for them, the right? best. Tim Elliott's another one you missed. I think they're honestly in the top three for best gyms in MMA right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Can you argue against it? Think, I mean, well, I, guess, I, I, I guess I guess major gyms. Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking. I guess now you put it like that. Yeah, because you know I, I put them I, I put them out there with ATT and AKA. Because you know I'm, the way I thought about it was you know these guys make their camps but they're not like in gyms anymore like Henry and Tony you know what I mean they develop they pick guys out bring them in and kind of yes. develop something you know so yeah I, I, you're right I, I I can agree with that. But yeah, man, I mean, clearly if he made a change like that, I mean, he had to have noticed something, and that's pretty respectable. You know, honestly, I think, uh, and especially, I think he went about it respectfully. I don't think there was any bad blood or anything uh, amongst them, from from what I'm aware. I don't know if I know this for a fact or not, right? This is just from the little bit I read and kind of saw, and uh, I saw he was going to get some good work in, and almost a guy like James Krause, I mean, you've seen what he's been able to develop with young guys, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I mean, they are they're they develop. I mean, they've really built guys up from the ground up. I mean, they literally have multiple amateur guys on their roster, and I mean, we saw what David Onama did when he came over. Actually, I saw a picture of David and uh, 
and uh, Jesus were training, like, when he first got there. Like, you know, so, you know, they were trying to push each other, and I'm sure he got to feel some of his strength in that fight. Obviously, he's a 145er, and he fights a weight class down, so I'm sure they got some good work in there. And uh, I don't know, man. I think James has is, is, is made some good choices here, and I think, I mean, he's, he's in for a tough fight. Obviously, jiu-jitsu is his fucking thing, but Patchy Mix, as far as wrestling, man, is a tough dude in his own right. It's going to be a tough night out, but I, I, you know, the weight miss doesn't give me any confidence in Patchy Mix. I think that's kind of a, a worry there. You know what I mean? So if you struggle to do that, I'm sure there might have been struggles in other places, right? But, uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see Friday night what happens. Uh, I'm, it's probably going to be Friday morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see Friday morning what's go, what, what goes down. And, uh, obviously, I mean, I think it's going to be a fucking banger, dude. I'm so excited for that. Just as right as you said, the fact that it's going to be Friday, I mean, I just realized all of our picks are not going to matter by the time the show comes out, because it comes out at fucking 7 p.m. Central each night. So, um, but at least you guys listening this far into the show, at least you guys know by now whether or not we're dumbasses or not. Um, you know, dude, I, I'm going to take uh, Kansas City's own James Gallagher to get it done. Casey Boy going to go ahead and get it done. Let's go, champ. I think that the weight miss is honestly a big reason for it. I was fully on, I, w- I would say it was fully on Patrick Mix's side, but I was kind of, you know, tossing around the idea i was like i think the wrestling is gonna be a massive problem for him but he's always the more proven guy i think in bellator i would say james gallagher i believe has more wins in bellator but just more proven he gets a top level i guess i should say um but i i truly think the weight miss he looked bad on the scale sometimes dudes miss and it's like you miss by half a pound but it was like was it a case of just not wanting to go with a full mile or was it, he look like shit he, he looked like complete shit yeah. he looked terrible um i would have looked better up there Angel, you know you always look good on the scale, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and take him. I think it's just. I like the move to obviously glory. I think that that's one of the hottest Homer, teams in Homer. Right no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> completely, 100%, 100%, 100,000% actually. But yeah, dude, I think I'm gonna go ahead and take him. Kansas City's own James Gallagher getting it done on Friday evening. Um, as far as the rest of the, it's not a whole lot there. But what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, let's just go down one man. I mean, another banger, Daniel Weichel, Pedro Carvalho. I mean, Pedro Carvalho is one of those guys, like, if you look at that record, you don't fully see everything. But, man, dude, he is a he's a legitimately good guy. Like, I know he's lost his last two in terrible fashion, which for Daniel Weichel, you know, he's like, oh, shit, that gives me some confidence, right, going into this fight. But granted, though, against good competition, I mean, J.J. Wilson's one of those guys who's, like, legitimately, like, on a good trajectory, really good fucking guy. I mean, he's he's a fucking danger. I mean, and then uh, obviously Pitbull. I mean, I mean, look at where he's at. You know what I mean? There's you can't really say too much about that. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but before that, he was doing good. Multiple wins. Uh, when he made his uh his Bellator debut back in 2018, uh, got a nice little four there. Obviously, they had I, I mean, that loss was in a tournament, right? Against Pitbull, I'm assuming. When they had the the mm, correct the featherweight tournament. So yeah, there you go. And he's young. He's 26 years old. I mean, he, he has plenty of time, and he's a guy who's coming out of SPG. So, I mean, there's something there. But Daniel Vash was back, man. I mean, he looked uh, – I don't want to say he looked great, but he did his thing. He won the fight. He, he got it done. I mean, you know, he's trying to get back in the mix. Been, he's been out for a little bit, but, you know, let's get things rolling again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is It is honestly a really, really great fight. And, I, I mean, obviously the winner of this is going to be in talks for getting a title shot next. A lot of it was honestly like not okay. Let me let me rephrase that after the rematch between 
Actually, I don't know if that's confirmed, like the rematch between AJ and Pitbull, but they'll be in the conversation. Um, so yeah, it's a very big matchup. Obviously, Pedro, like you mentioned, not exactly like in terms of like record, the greatest guy, but he's one of the top guys in that division. He always comes to bang. Um, and then obviously Daniel Vichel, tremendous guy. I mean, this is he's getting on the latter half of his career. He's 36, um, but obviously he lost to Patricio. That rematch was razor thin. A lot of people tend to forget that. Uh, and, you know, experiments in a bit of lightweight against Goichi, and then obviously a yeah, tough fight against Emmanuel Sanchez. That's all Rogers win is aged phenomenally. Still a big fan of that guy. So, yeah, I mean, he's in the latter half of his career. I think he's going to go for broke. But I think that's just a tremendous fight. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, outside of that, I honestly don't think there's a whole lot there. Um, and Beltor does this where they'll kind of have, like, Kind of like a, a regional show, honestly. Under- it's pretty cool, though. I got to respect it, though. They, yeah. they get they showcase those guys. They find some talent. And there's a, a couple guys on here making their uh, MMA debuts, too, like professional debuts. I mean, they fought amateur, and now they're making their debuts. So obviously, good luck to those guys. And obviously, they're going to be on a big stage in front of a massive crowd. I mean, you know, we've seen what Ireland can do. And I'm sure with, you know, the, the kind of, you know, I, you know, James is a, I'd say at this point, kind of a uh, a guy known there. Maybe he's obviously he's not Connor, right? It's it's that's I mean that's a different level of superstar, right? But yeah. uh, I'm sure he'll he'll get people in there. He'll get he'll get some uh, you know butts and seats. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But dude, overall, it's a it's a fun card. It's gonna be a hell of a weekend. Absolutely, oh, yeah. hell of a weekend. But it doesn't. It's end not there. fucking over. It's not over. I'm not going home. I'm gonna be like. Like, it just keeps on fucking rolling, okay? Josh is like, I want to go to the club that night, but now I can't. I'm fucking thinking about it, man. Shit. Um, and then I can still come back in time to watch Canelo Alvarez looking to unify the, well, super middle, I almost said middleweight, super middleweight championships. Obviously, he is the WBA, the WBC, the WBO, the ring, Angels, WTF belt. He has all of them except for the IBF, Superweight, Super Middleweight Championship, which lies in the hands of Caleb Sweet Hands Plant. Ranked second uh, at Super Middleweight, obviously um, won the belt from Jose – I always fuck up his name. It was a Quigley, maybe? I don't know. Anyways, he won the belt back in 2019 – um, he's racked up three title defenses, most recently being Caleb Trouts in a decision win January of this year. I would say they had a brawl at the press conference. He's a massive underdog. Canel, dude, do you think he gets – I mean, first of all, more than just to get it done, do you think Caleb Plant's even competitive? Because based off of Canel's last few fights, I've seen more disrespect for Caleb Plant than probably – shit, Rocky Felding maybe? <laughs> like he's he's being put in that category. Do you think he's kind of being overlooked a bit? I mean, I'm sure he has, man. I mean, let me let me put it like this: with with as far as the guy's life, I mean, he's been through a lot of adversity, right? With the loss of a child, I mean, that is something that obviously we're young, we haven't, you know, we don't know how it is to be kids, but I mean, that is that shapes you in a, in quite a different way. And I mean, dude, I don't know if you noticed, Josh, but that was going on as he was going pro. Like that was early yeah. on in his career. I mean, that's fucking crazy, you know? Like he was he was training, he was fighting, he was going to the hospital to go see his daughter. And, uh, you know, he, he was trying to do both, man. I mean, they, that's that's fucking crazy. He was able to, you know, get through adversity, get to this point in his life, be 21 and 0, be a champ. I mean, you you don't become the kind of person he is without being through some shit. 
and especially now i mean i mean and this is just boxing man you know this isn't nothing to him you know he's actually dealt with real fucking adversity in life you know like this this is the lowest level of adversity he'll ever have to deal with you know what i mean mm-hmm. and obviously you know it's canelo alvarez right i mean as far as boxing that's that's a lot of fucking adversity you know <laughs> uh but i mean i think i think he can show a lot of toughness i'll be honest with you a lot of I, I i was listening to some things and people are like hey do not doubt caleb plant you know Maybe he doesn't have the names uh, compared to the other guys that Canelo took the titles from. He is really on the lower end. You know what I mean? He's he's oh, yeah. he's definitely the last. I mean, let's just be honest. But it doesn't mean he can't come out here and do something. I mean, the guy's a little showman. He can show off a little bit. He's fun. He has some good stuff he can do. But against Canelo, man, I mean, obviously, the guy can adjust on the fly. You know what I mean? And he's been pretty pretty exact with his predictions of how he's going to win all his fights, man. I mean, he's beat the shit out of the last, what, three guys? I mean, beat him. Like, legitimately beat him in terrible, terrible, like, hasn't, like, when it's time, it's done. It's over, you know? Yeah. And and uh, he already predicted, what was it, round nine, eight for Caleb Plant? Something like that? Something along those lines. He, he came out with his prediction. He already said when it's going to end. And let me tell you, man, he's predicted it right every single time, if I'm right. Which, the fact that he did it again makes you wonder, right, what he thinks, what he saw, what he's going to do. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm hoping for a competitive fight, man. Honestly, you know, you, you want a competitive match always. I just hope Caleb Plant comes out here, shows adversity. And, man, you know something? If he shocks the world, that'd be fucking awesome, dude. You know, what a fucking – what a good feel story, right? I mean, that is uh, – I, I think for Caleb Plant, that'd be kind of like the pinnacle of his life right there, you know? Like mm. like beating the guy who's he's telling him, you know, he can't beat, you know, going through tragedy in this life, becoming a champ, being undefeated still, being 22-0. I mean, that'd be that'd be insanity, man. I mean, is he going to be able to do it? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't think he can, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. You know, I think he has a good chance to come out here, show himself, and, and do, do do something special. But, uh, I mean, Canelo, the way he's looking, man, he's, he's a fucking killer, dude. You know, he, he you know, we talked about it privately after his last fight. I'm like, what is there left to do, really? You know, he's he's 56-1. and one. You know, he's he might become 57-1 and one after this. I mean... You know, and it's it's look. I mean, he's oh, maybe only has like if he really wants to cement himself. I mean, he just has like another few fights, and I'd say he's done with his career. He doesn't have to do a lot more, Josh. I mean, is an all-time great. He has to be up there. You know what I mean? It's just oh, a fact yeah, of it. Sure. I mean, it's it's just a fact, and it it's looking effortless now. You know what I mean? Like it really is, Josh. It's looking pretty effortless. It's kind of scary. You know? Mm-hmm. He's hitting he's hitting a different level. I mean, I think we he's in his prime. We can say it, right? At 31 years oh, old. Yeah. Canelo Avarice is as prime as a state can be. <laughs> He's a prime <laughs> rib, dude. I mean, the prime Wagyu grade, whatever the fuck, Wagyu grade A5. If there's something <laughs> above A. If there's anything above that, he's above that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. We'll keep it 100. It's, it, this, this is just a fact right now. Mm. And by the way, this is for me. This is what I'm interested in watching. This is the biggest thing for me this weekend. If I'm being quite honest with you, I love the UFC. You know, but boxing always has a special place in my heart. Without boxing, for me, there's no MMA, at least for me. You know what I mean? Oh, no. And I actually I actually completely, completely agree. Um, and honestly, I, I got to – the reason why I, I mentioned earlier, like, is he, like, the most slept-on guy? Because, like, I see people putting him in, like, on the Yildrum category. No, definitely you know? not. Definitely um, not. And look, dude, I'm done picking against Canelo after the Callum Smith destruction. People bring up Kovalev. They'll bring up, like, Daniel Jacobs. They'll bring up Billy Joe Saunders. That's the one, the Callum Smith fight, where I just fucking turned it around, dude. I was like, I picked Canelo to lose that one. And it was, it was like, an upset pick. Part of the reason why I did it. 
Um, but like, because after Kovala, everybody's like, oh, dude, this guy's unbeatable. But like, I was like, I, I saw through the past that. I mean, people tend to forget, you know, Kovala, he went life or death with Anthony Yard like two months before that. <laughs> like, shout out like, Anthony he, Yard. Shout out Anthony Yard, who I love, but like he's British regional level. Like, like let's just call it for whoa, what it is. Whoa, whoa, Come on, Josh. I must put out Kovalev, man. An aging Kovalev. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, <laughs> let's – okay. I like Anthony Yard. I Yo, like by the way, do you know who he fought after that? Like, just so you know. Who did he fight? Dude, he fought this guy uh, named uh, uh, Diego Yair Ramirez. Like, yeah. Uh, they had a, they had a, a six-round fight. What do you yeah. think the guy's record was? Just throw some numbers out there. They're going to be exact. I'll tell you. Uh, 13 and 13. He is 4 and 48. Holy shit. He had fought After Sergey nearly Kovalev. knocking out. Yeah, he fought Sergey Kovalev the Crusher. And then he goes and fights 4 and 48 Diego Yair, Yair Ramirez. He fought a few times after that. Just so you know, he beat a, a guy named Dex Spillman who was 16 and 4. Lost to Lyndon Arthur. And then he lost to Lyndon Arthur who was 17 and 0. Yeah, they're having yeah, a rematch but, actually in December. But yeah, just but, to give you an idea where that went. Yeah, but dude, like after back to my original point, like Calvin Smith, that's the one where I was like, I flipped on. I'm like, I'm done betting against Canelabras, because like for me, I was like, that's a that was a kid who like I don't understand. People were like, oh yeah, John Ryder gave him a tough fight, but I'm like, I still thought Calum Koo took that eight four seven five. Like I like even then I was like, yeah, but like there could have been outside forces. Like maybe he wasn't fully prepared. Maybe he had an injury. Blah blah blah. Because outside of that, he looked damn near unbeatable. Like he knocked out George Groves, who's just phenomenal. He beat Nikki Holtz. He knocked out Rocky Fielding even easier than Canelo did. Um, he knocked out Hassan Andam and just like, dude, he looked phenomenal. And then, you know what Canelo did? He went in with like one of the greatest game plans I've seen in a long time. Not even just like hit him, hit him in the arms. Like, and it's like a rare strategy. That's not what, very what, if, like, what a fucking demon though, dude. Like to, to fucking think about that. Like I would have never thought of that, dude. I know. And like, I remember like first round, I was like, oh shit. Like Callum's staying in there. I'm like, this is going to be a hell of a fight. And then after that, just like, he just wore him the fuck down like i think one i think two judges gave him like one round and like the other gave him maybe two rounds but outside of that he just he beat the piss out and to that point he was undefeated he was 27 and 0 20 wins via knockout like callum was just ridiculous dude and he made him look like a child in there and he looked smaller against callum than he did against kovalev like <laughs> um Dude, the BJ Callum Saunders one sh- too. Yeah, Callum cut it's a shitload away. And Billy Joe Saunders, dude, Cal- like Billy Joe Saunders is even proof that like you can stay in there. Like I had them damn near even going into that round where he got knocked out. Like I think it was five three. I think I had it in Canelo's favor. But Billy Joe Saunders is coming half of this, coming down, like coming back in the second half of that fight. I guess I should say. Um, and even then he got knocked out. He was not able to escape it. You know the red Caleb? flag in that though, like the one red flag we had about B.J. Saunders at that point was that Mark Marcos uh, Marcelo Esteban Caceres fight. Oh, completely, completely. Oh yeah, dude, that was a fucking red flag. Like we should have fucking seen that coming, dude. After that fight, to be honest with you. That oh, was, I mean, I picked. I, I mean, I thought B.J. Saunders was going to give him a tough fight because he fights up to the level of his competition, but I didn't expect him to win. That that was the uh, was that the KSI and uh, K, yeah KSI Logan two undercard. Yeah, that 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 should have been our fucking red flag right there, dude. That fucking match. <laughs> Oh, no, and I, I completely agree. That was a massive, massive red flag. Um, but beyond that, to Caleb Plant's point, he's not Andre Yildirim. He is not a Rocky Felding type. He is actually very, very good. And I feel like a lot of people have just simply – they saw him get punked at the press conference. And I think they're really sleeping on 
how good he actually is. And a lot of it comes from, like, his last performance. Like, he beat Caleb Trouts, but he didn't beat him in a way that was, like, overly dominant. Um, But shit, everybody has those wins, dude. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I mean, I gave him him all 12 rounds. But he should, like, people thought he should have knocked him out. Um, But, you know, like, I wasn't, he took all 12 rounds pretty cleanly. And Caleb Trouts, I mean, he's a good guy in his own right. You know what I mean? Like, he's not some tool. Mm -hmm. Um, Past his prime, maybe, but, you know, that's an argument for another day. So, yeah, dude, I think Caleb Plant, I think he's very, very good. I think he's very, very underestimated. I think he has a phenomenal jab. He's very, very elusive. He kind of reminds me of, like, and it's not, like, an insult. This is actually a compliment. It's going to come off as an insult. He's like a poor man's Roy Jones. Like, in his style, in his movement, I mean. He's not as quick. He's not as elusive. But he, is, he throws a lot of, like, that hands-down style, like the kind of look of the wind-up jab. You know what I mean? That is just – I love that style, but it's not going to be enough. I think he's going to impress a lot of people. I love this man's story. I love his ferocity. He's the only dude to be like, you know what? Fuck you, Cano. Like, he's, like, a lot of dudes, I feel like, get beat by Canelo. He is really standing to him, yeah. Like, he really is. Yeah, he's, like, he's standing his ground. A lot of dudes get beat by Canelo before the fight. Who was the last guy to stand up to him like that? Probably, fuck, man. I want to say Billy Jassar, but even then, Billy Jassar did not go at him this way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who was the last guy to go at him, like, even, like, relatively well? Floyd, right? Say that again? Probably Floyd, right? Obviously, Floyd does it in his own way. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like... I mean, this is – it's up there. This is up there. Like, he's, like, not backing down. He knows he's an underdog. He knows he has nothing to lose. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, Canelo. And you I'm making good fuck. money. Like, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting a payday. I'm getting a fucking payday, man. I am worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just – um. What has been your favorite insult, if you have listened to any? Just from Caleb Plant? Yeah. I know that he's called out for being a juice head. I know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan of that just because, like, Canelo is steroid, you know, has gone completely, like, pushed under the rug. I mean, I, you know, we can argue whether or not, because wasn't it USADA that caught him? But I think, like, USADA has been pretty thoroughly, I don't give a shit about USADA at this point, Don. I mean, like, Josh, after. we have, you know, uh, uh, you know, you and I have had our private talks about now about, you know, sports yeah, and, about and steroids and, and peds just as a whole and. Not even just peds, but other stuff that would be harder to track and kind of a uh, yeah no it's 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 a weird thing. I mean honestly, I, like I told Josh, I, like Nate Diaz said, everybody's on steroids, so I'm not even mm-hmm. you know. I mean uh, shit, Nate popped so <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> you know, no, not for marijuana. Remember he got popped for um oh I don't remember what it was before he shit, and he wasn't wrong. Everybody is on steroids then. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, look, dude. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to bring. It's not a big deal necessarily at this point in time. But after the first Golovkin fight, he did clop for a steroid and clombuterol. So, um, actually, you know, I can tell you about that more later after the podcast. I actually know a little bit about this. Are you like in in terms of like the fact like what about the steroid itself or or clombuterol? What it can be used for? We can get into that. Oh, okay. okay. Just because okay. I don't want to well, get on the podcast. You know, I, I will to, to his point. There have been cases where it has been found in certain traces of meat, very rarely, which was his defense. He did get suspended, which is why there was a, a pretty big gap and why, obviously, Glovkin fought once or twice after they fought the originally. And then there was like a one-year break um, between the fight and the second time. 
But regardless, I like that Caleb Plant brought that up. I like that he just stand, stood his ground, dude. I love that shit. Like, he's he's been the only – if people were like, oh, man, that, he tried to cheap shot. Is that why it gives you confidence, like, in it being a good match? Like, I think – how, how do you mention that? That's actually kind of crazy. Do you bring up – dude, by the way, you fucking killed it today, dude. I just need to say that with bringing up shit like this that I haven't even thought about. Like, the shit with Michael Chandler, this, like, dude. I never miss a, Angel. Uh, dude, you're, you're a fucking stud, dude. Like, I just want to say it on the podcast. I want to get it fucking, you know, put it out there and uh, have it cemented forever, dude. That shit's fucking awesome. I, like, I really appreciate you brought this other shit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I always I, – I look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been a little bit mailing it in the last few weeks. I'm not sure if you guys have caught that a bit just because, like, it, this stretch I mean, this is so rough. big. This this is so big, though. We can't that, – that's – you know, you had to show up for this one, Josh. You cannot show up for the others, but you had to show up for this one. Mm-hmm. No, of course, but like just like these last few weeks, I've been it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a grind because like there's been no real. In, I mean, we had Deontay and Fury. I was hyped for that, but like outside of that, like UFC was rough. Bellator minus well, they, Fedor well, was a little bit rough. Picked it up, so it's all good. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, it's uh, this is about as good as it gets. But yeah, back to your original point, um. I, I think that he is the fact that he's standing his ground is giving me honestly a lot of confidence in his abilities. He's like, I know. You might, you might, I don't know. Maybe Josh, maybe you're writing his name in the death note right now. And we just don't know it. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. But even then, like he's a massive underdog anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but just like I feel like people that are kind of writing him off, I'm like, you guys. I don't think a lot of people have watched Caleb Plant fight. Like I remember whenever he he beat. You know, Caleb Trotz in the beginning, like the beginning of the year, everybody's like, oh, my God, he couldn't knock him out. I'm like, that's not Caleb Plant's game. He has he has 21 fights. He has like half of those are decisions. Like he's not a knockout guy. He'd much rather style on you than put himself in harm's way. Um, I don't think he's ever been knocked down before in his career. I know he's been never been knocked out. He's never lost before. Like he's not that guy to put himself in harm's way. He'd rather style on you, maybe look a fool. He has more fun doing that than he is hunting for the knockout. He's not that guy. Um, I mean, and even then, like, he's knocked out good guys before. So it's not to say that he's incapable of it. It's just not his game. So I feel like a lot of the problems with Caleb Plant are kind of overstated. People are like, oh, you can't have that hands-down style against Canelo. I'm like, I kind of agree. But also, if it brought you the dance, you know, you don't you don't, you don't try and it. switch up. Yeah, you don't change up that style. It's going to be a very good fight. I truly think that a lot of people are sleeping on him partially because it's it's a weird thing to say. But I mean, if you look at the average MMA or boxing fans' intelligence, it's about it's the size of a fucking peanut, all right? Uh, their brain. So. Dude, I wonder what the average IQ <laughs> is for an MMA slash boxing fan. That actually uh, be, you, that'd be a great fucking study. I feel like they should do that and then fucking put the average IQ of a library – and then put the average IQ of a, just like a small selection of people in a library. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll put it like this. I think if you take the average IQ of an MMA or boxing fan, you cut it in half, you're in single digits. <laughs> um, I think I've used that line before on the show, but regardless, I think it fits here. I mean, if you did, you catch any of the uh, the press conference today? Fuck you man, I, oh yeah, oh. I did, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, that's how I brought up the Logan Storley thing. And yeah, uh, actually, no, 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 that was yesterday. My bad, I didn't actually. Yeah, they're they're, they're booing the shit out of Camaro. They're a mass Colby really? Chance, and yeah. I guess it is New York, so. You know, yeah, what a fucking surprise, just, right? Yeah, clowns. Um, but yeah, dude, I feel like people are just like people saw Caleb get clowned on. I don't even know if it's really clowned on. Like whenever Canelo caught him and cut him at the press conference, and I'm like, y'all know the only reason why he did that is Canelo lost his pressure. Like he lost his cool because Caleb called him a juice head. He called him out for testing positive, and Canelo said like he, you know, he he pretended not to understand the motherfucker insult, despite the fact that he called Demetrius Andrade 
a motherfucker whenever like the press conference thing happened a couple months back when we crashed the press conference. That shit so, was comedy though, dude. Let me tell you. No, no, it was completely hilarious. But like, come on, dude. Just just say that you just say why. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you just said that's why it happened, but we know why. Because Caleb called him a Jew said. He called him out testing positive, and then uh, he pushed him, and then you know Caleb slapped him, and he landed a one two. So. Um, I think that's I think the press conference stuff is getting in a lot of people's heads. I think it's clouding their vision. I also think a lot of people haven't really watched Caleb Plant. He's never been on pay-per-view. He's only been on like PBC on Fox cards. So, you know, I think he's going to give him a very tough fight. I think he's actually going to go to a decision. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. Um, and I think he's going to take a couple rounds. But I think at the end of the night, I think Canelo Alvarez will unify the super middleweight titles and cement his place as arguably – I mean, you can – it's crazy to think about, but he's getting close to surpassing Chavez Sr. as being the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. I like mean, he's, there's, he's there's, people, there's people who argue it. I think a lot of people like uh, Sr. so much, though, like because he's – I mean, he's a cultural icon, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you heard the story about him getting robbed? I have not. Dude, so he was getting robbed. He was going to get mugged. And they noticed who he was, and they were like, oh, shit. My bad. The <laughs> they were like, dude, like, I'm, I'm such a big fan. And they just – they were just cool. They didn't rob him. And then they turned the gun on Junior, and they robbed him instead. <laughs> and then they took Junior hostage. <laughs> and that was – no, I'm just kidding. But no, they let him go. They were, it was just like, oh, shit. Like, he is a cultural icon. I do know he, that. I saw that whenever I watched uh, – he's like, he's like a Greek god. He's like a, he's like a literal god. Like if, like if you ask – like you don't have to be a bo- – I'll put it like this. You don't need to be a boxing fan in you know Mexico to know the name. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people just know who – like like even my mother knows. You know what I mean? My mom watches like no sports. And she's aware. Okay. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know that he's huge. Yeah, he's fucking massive. I mean, I don't know who you could compare. Like, I'm trying to think of someone. Like, like Tyson. But Tyson's more different because Tyson's like an international icon too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody comparable? Because even Ali's like an international icon. I'm trying to think. Maybe like a fuck. Maybe more like Tiger. You know, because everybody knows Tiger in the States, right? Yeah. I'd say maybe more like that. It's a little different. But I, but like that. Mm-hmm. But in terms in terms of like outside of like his, his cultural like icon, I do see some people that are like kind of putting Canelo into that conversation already. Oh yeah, is being the great and honestly, do can you surpass him by the end? It's I mean there's possible. I mean and there's so many Josh. I mean there's so many. Let's just be honest. I mean oh yeah, there's there's so many guys who. But if you were to rank behind Chavez, like is Canelo already number two? In your eyes, as a, as a Mexican, you know, you know it's, it's it's you know there's a lot of guys that that obviously are way before my era that people will live and die for, uh-huh. so I I can't really give like a great opinion on it, but I'm sure like as far as like accomplishments, he isn't far off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 very. I mean, the guy was like 103 and un, like 100 and something and undefeated, or 80 something and undefeated. You know what I mean, Josh? Like he fought every few months, yeah. every few weeks, like. And not just like, and not journeyman. Like you can go back and like look at all those guys. I mean, this is a different time in boxing. This is when people didn't give a fuck who you were with. Oh yeah, they just, they I mean, just I, boxed you. That's some shit that people like will talk shit about. About like, look at the records back then, man. They they were all fighting. No, they weren't fighting journeyman. It's because back then no one gave a fuck. If you were good, you were fighting this guy. That guy was fighting that guy. That guy was fighting this. It didn't matter if you were with PBC, Fox, whatever. It didn't matter if you were with this guy. It didn't matter. You were fighting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why guys have kind of more losses on records because they were willing to fight the best to be the best. For sure. 
For sure. And look, I, I, I don't know if that's really I heard I have heard people like use that as a criticism for Chavez Sr. Like, you, you, why do you, you why do you think he fought so much? Cause he fought trash. I'm like, dude, within like I can look on his Wikipedia right now, but I want to say within like a five year span. I know he fought Ruben Castillo. I know he, I know he beat Roger Mayweather, I think twice. Right. Yeah. Or he um, bought, I think he bought both, dude. I think he fought both Mayweather. Did you not? Oh, really? Oh, well, never he, mind. You I think he I know he both. beat. I know he beat. Cause actually, I pulled up his Wikipedia within like a five year span. This is all within five years. He had something like fifty something fights, but I'm not going to name all of them. He beat because like the more noteworthy names: Castillo, Mayweather, Mayweather again, Edwin Rosario, uh, Jose Ramirez, Samuel Fuentes, Melder Taylor twice. Second one was controversial, oh. but who really cares? Uh, hey man, Hector, hey, there was there was no question in the second one though. No, no, the second one was kind of controversial. Pernell Whitaker. He knocked him out. Oh, wait a minute. Shit, never mind. Making another thing in the wrong fight. My bad. Um, yeah. Pernell Whitaker. Um, Elder Taylor twice, like I mentioned. Uh, Macho Camacho. Um, and, dude, like, all within, like, in like a five-year span, he fought all those dudes. Like, dude, dude, guys who, were, who had, like, crazy records at the time. You know what I mean? Like, guys mm-hmm. who were 44 and no, maybe you don't know them. But it's still, like... That doesn't mean the guy couldn't have been dangerous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because back then, you had these guys fighting every fucking week, man. Every fucking week. Yeah. So yeah quick. He fought one month, fought the next month. Waited two months, fight again. Waited two months, fought again. Waited two more months, fought again. You know what I mean? Like, the fuck? <laughs> and just a quick, I'm going to go ahead and fact check myself in real time uh i i said like the second fight was controversial i was wrong i was thinking of the first fight with meldrick taylor 69 and 0 knocked him out with two seconds left by the way that, that fight's that. a so quick, if you ever want to watch that like i've seen that in its entire yeah like, it's, it is controversial like whatever you want to say i don't I think it's uh, in my eyes it's not controversial because if you go by like what the referee is supposed to do it's like it doesn't matter when the fight is you're supposed to like and he knocked him down hard so i was fine with the tko yeah, I mean, it was pretty insane. He was and winning then, up to that point, but, like, you can't just completely discount, like, a guy looking fucking rough, even if it's near the end of the fight. So I was fine with that stoppage. Also, the ref doesn't know the time. Exactly, exactly. That, too. So, yeah, but that's a bit. Ba- if you guys never watched that one, both fights against Meldrick Taylor are absolute bangers. I've only He's seen the really- first. I should go watch the second. Second one is not as good because it's more of just a pretty clear Chavez. I mean, it was it was close up until I think round eight or round nine he gets a knockout in. So I, yeah, I, I know both guys said good. after that they weren't like well physically after that. Yeah, I believe in that second fight happened after Chavez Senior already lost to that point. So um, yeah, so but I mean I believe just to go ahead and bring it back to the original conversation, just to clarify, you're also taking Canelo on Saturday as well. Oh, yeah. Smart choice, man. Let's just keep it 100. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Uh, I believe it does. I mean, we're actually closing in on the two-hour mark. but as, oh, as far Holy as, shit, that's awesome, man. I know. I know. It's up there. It's our longest show of all time. So as as far as that goes, man, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close out? Oh, man. I think we did a fucking awesome job. I'm excited to come back next week and recap everything in the amazing world of fucking combat. For sure, man. For sure. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, we actually this might even go down to our second longest show ever. So that is absolute history right there. It did not feel that long, uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, I'm at Josh Shevinoff. He's at Angel Ortega underscore one. At quote said sound one for all things related to the show. Feel free to subscribe, rate, hit the bell on YouTube, all the things that you know people say and all that shit. Um, w- the of course, of course. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Peace. <laughs>